Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, what's going on, No Bad Dog Army? You guys are probably looking at this podcast like, holy crap, over three hours long? What do these guys talk about? Will is uh, the representative in the face of Fenner K9 in the UK, and he does many different things. Him and I are on the same page. Uh, all we want to do is uh, lead with love, as Will would say, and help dog owners and help dogs and save them out of shelters and save them off the euthanasia table. And it's probably one of the only times I've talked to somebody you know that is in the same same phase in the you know the YouTube community as far as being a creator and um, so this is there is going to be swear words in this podcast for sure. One thing I want you guys to do, no bad dog army people that are listening. If 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 at any point in this podcast it moves you in a way of positivity or inspiration or motivation or you just like it, I want you to screenshot this on your phone, post it on social media, either Facebook or Instagram, and tag us that's one of the best ways you can help grow the message of what Will and I are doing of trying to help dogs and um, doing a better job at uh, creating a, a healthier dog community and the things that we're trying to do to implement those things now and in the future. If you guys want to support this or you believe in this or if it helps you, it's completely for free for you guys, obviously. Screenshot this and share it and tag Will and I. We'll reshare it. We want more people to listen to this. This is a very powerful message. We want to start having these conversations with um, the different people in our industry and, and really trying to work towards the main goal of just empathy and understanding. Like, hey, agree to disagree. Let's keep helping dogs regardless. And so... This is a long one. I hope you guys enjoy it. I know I did. It was an absolute pleasure talking to Will, and uh, we're going to get right into this thing, and uh, it's great. I know, just, let's, let's just, thank you guys listening. Let's get into it. Yo. Will, it's, what, what time is it there, two? It is bang on two o'clock, yeah. Cool. So I'm right on time. And you're in yeah. your, is that your studio slash? Yeah, this is, is this? one of the studio sets, yeah. Cool. This is a nice quiet room. Cool, cool. And uh, why don't you just start off with telling people where in the UK you're at and what you consider yourself. Obviously, you're in the dog space. So mm-hmm. why don't you just tell a little bit of people, little lit, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself to the people? <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, we're, um, we're based in Derbyshire, right out in the middle of the countryside, nice and in the sticks. Um what I base myself as, that's, I think every I've been asked maybe a hundred times recently, and it's a hundred different answers every single time. Yeah. Um, the kind of the easiest answer, I suppose, is kind of um, content creator slash canine behaviorist. Um, I think there's definitely yeah a long conversation you can have around the definitions of various roles within the canine professional field, but I definitely consider myself um, somebody that specializes or focuses more on behavior modification um, in terms of what I actually do with dogs. Um, and then, yeah, the but the main part of my job, I suppose, in a similar fashion to you is around kind of creating content around um, that 
that that that thing helping people have good dogs that they've always wanted helping dogs thrive helping dogs be what they were always capable of through um educating owners on the importance of of leadership and leading their dogs with love but leading them nonetheless um that's kind of my mission right now is trying to reach as many people as possible and we do that through mainly kind of youtube number one then all the other social media platforms yeah it's very cool we're in this world we're in this weird space aren't we will where i recently started kind of introducing myself differently now um and i've been struggling with what i really am in as far as like you know like we could yeah i mean to the to the average person, like I would just say, oh, I'm a trainer. But I've recently started to say, <laughs> kind of like what you were spinning off there is, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> a, a dog education content creator. You know, like it's, that. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to spin off. <laughs> I'm trying to be as real as I can because it's almost like it's almost it's interesting how how the space we're in is and and how it's developed and how it's continuing to develop and how there's different aspects to what we do and like you said I mean we I mean my main goal and your main goal I think we're on the same page is to help dogs so in the beginning I think we would both say oh we're dog trainers and then maybe oh we're behaviorist Mm -hmm. or there maybe we're maybe we're actually what do you do more of? And like you were saying, is you mostly film and record your mm-hmm. stuff to put out. So on the on the big scale, it's you're you're educating dog owners. You're a teacher, an online teacher. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's one of those things you try to summarize it. It's like classic, like what you put in your Instagram bio, and it's one of those things I change all the time. And I think at the minute I've kind of tried to summarize it down into training people to train dogs. Mm. And through whatever medium that is, there obviously that can be in person, but um, it can be online. And it's different. It's it not. It's difficult, I suppose, because it's not really anything that's been done before in terms of taking what has very traditionally been a very localized in-person profession mm-hmm. online and navigating those waters and making sure that we're still able to help um, and get the message across uh, to high standards and high quality. And then what does that even, what is it even called? I've got, I've, like I say, I've got no idea. I find it fascinating listening. Um, kind of my mum's the one when uh, an old friend will ask her, oh, what is it that Will does? And she has no idea. Is the <laughs> watching her try to explain what I what know. I do is um, yeah, and I'm no better at being able to explain it. I know, and it's interesting. Exactly the other day, I was at I was I'm doing acupuncture now because my back is just from walking dogs, and I was young. Mm-hmm. My lower back is trashed, which is I shouldn't say that. It's not trashed. It's, every once in a while, two to three times a year, I tweak something, and my lower back gets all messy. And a lot of that has become because I was walking dogs with harnesses when I was a kid. Anyway, so my acupuncture, she's like, oh, she saw my hat and said, no bad dogs. She's like, what do you do? And I'm like, "Ah, what do I do? Uh, How do I frame this? And so Mm -hmm. it is it is even for somebody who's in it like you Mm -hmm. and me and other people. It's like, what do I actually do? And then you got to and and then. And then you just kind of, I kind of go like I'm doing right now. I'm like, I'm a dog, I'm a dog trainer. And then it's like, oh, I have a dog. And what's your, you know, 
and and then it gets down to I'm gonna call you for dog. I'm like, no, don't you know? <laughs> yeah. Don't call me for dog training. And it's like, I, it's like uh, I don't know if you you know you know who Kevin Hart is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, he di- he has this he has this bit. I don't know what special it's on, but it's on one of his stadium specials, and he has this bit about his bank account where he's hanging out with I think like a really it's not LeBron James, but a really popular wealthy basketball player like Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade or somebody really big, and they they rented out like an entire Disney, like just rented the whole thing out or something. Anyway. He was saying, man, I got to stop hanging out with these people that are have more money than me. It's hard. He's like, I have to explain to them how my bank account is set up. And on Tuesdays, the money goes in, but he can't access it till Thursdays. And he goes through this whole bit. And it's kind of his punchline at the, end of the, at the end of the bit where he's like, well, I had to explain to him the way that my bank account works. And he goes over this whole like funny spiel about how complicated his bank- banking is. And it's just funny because... It's kind of how I start to say, like, well, I'm a dog trainer, but don't call me yep. for dog training. <laughs> Just look look up my, you know. Yeah, I, think I know it, exactly the bit. It, yeah, it's like it, it kind of gets into this complicated, uh, funny thing. And that's the way I, I'm like, well, anyway. Um, and basically, basically mm-hmm. what Kevin Hart was and saying I, is like. I try and... Go ahead. Go on, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, he, he was saying, I got money, but... The way that my bank account works is is I can't access it, and that's the same thing. I was like, well, I, I do work with dogs, but I don't work with your dog. It's yeah, like yeah. this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I end up, I don't know if you have to do the same thing, but you're trying to gauge in those conversations of like, kind of, are you into like YouTube and social media? If I try and explain that side yes. of it, will you get it? Or are we now locked in a three-hour conversation of how the 100%. business of YouTube works and? That, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard of that Ryan's toy time guy. Doesn't he make loads of money for, from doing toy reviews? So is that what you do? And yeah. So yeah, sometimes I'm like, how long do I want to dedicate to trying to explain what I do? And if it's not much time, it's, yeah, yeah, I just train dogs. Exactly. It's almost, mm-hmm. it, I remember there was this one time I was in, I was at a uh, this, this bar in Lake George, which is a, just a really pretty lake north of here. And I just told the guy, what do you do? I just told a guy I work for, like a warehouse, just like a Target warehouse distributor. Like I was just like, oh, I just <laughs> move boxes all day. I just couldn't. Yeah. Anyway, weird times, right? It's like, yeah, what do crazy. you, what do you, what do you say? And and of course, then you have to, then you have to be careful about. Well, if you call yourself a dog trainer, then you enter this whole world of, uh, okay, well, what type, you know, what type of dog training do you do? Do you know who's because then you get it's weird because so my going back to your the instagram thing my instagram right now i think is just artist and i think it's it's just it's not dog trainer it's just artist because i i would consider myself more of an artist than i would a professional dog trainer because like you said i'm my i'm i'm creating more content for people and that is how i make a living professionally um so the macro of what I do is distribution to dog owners to help them. And the micro is the mm-hmm. dog that's in front of me or the conversation I'm having with you that is then going to go out to thousands of people. So that's what, I, that's what I've been coining now. I've been really sitting on it for a while on what, what am I? So I, I changed my Instagram profile to like artist because I think I'm more of an artist than I am a, a, a traditional dog trainer. Because then again, I've been saying this for years that I, I don't want to be in the dog training industry because I'm not, I'm in the people industry. 
because mm-hmm. that's what I do. And the dog training industry becomes this big dick measuring contest of, mm-hmm. well, you're doing it wrong and I'm doing it right. And you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. And it's this whole thing. And it's so disheartening for anybody that's, that's trying to just help people. And so it's this whole thing. So anyway, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's weird times, really weird times, yeah. right? It's, yeah, I couldn't agree more that they're, they're like, say you're in the people business. That's kind of where kind of my background is in education. My kind of, my degree is in, I've got a degree in education and I've always found what I do to be far more about educating people. Um, and yes, it happens. I have this kind of skill with the dog piece of the puzzle, but it doesn't serve anybody. It doesn't help anybody. It doesn't provide any value to anybody for me to work dogs and make it look easy and oh look at me aren't i incredible um it's the skill for me is around educating people and that's where i don't have any kind of guilt or shame about the level of time and effort we put in to content creation because i think that there that is absolutely uh, a new and emerging i think you're right that it's an art form and it's an art form in the ability to educate people at scale like that has never been seen before no one's ever had this opportunity to educate people for free at scale like what is available right now and in particular youtube or things like this with long form content um and that's something that i take a lot of pride in and if there's an area that i'm most dedicated and committed to trying to improve all the time it's in that ability to educate people at scale through content um Mm -hmm. But it, yeah, again, it leaves in a murky, a murky situation. Anytime the problem with that is it goes on social media. As soon as it goes on social media, you then have those little numbers next to your name or under a video that, for some reason, make things really mm. weird. And especially then, when you look at the landscape, then, like you say, of the dog training industry, it's um, yeah, it creates yeah. weird rifts, weird opinions, a new wave of weird politics. That's that's a real shame. Um, I think. Uh when the ultimate goal should remain the same as whether it's educating people in person or educating people online through content, the goal remains the same of helping people help their dogs. Um, And that's, yeah, the piece of the puzzle I'm trying to focus on. Yeah. And, 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 and as am I, but it, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you know, I, I went out to, um, I I went out to work with my friend, uh, force Mickey, which I think, you know, right. Yeah, I'm aware of Forrest. Yeah, amazing he, work. Again, his content superb. Yeah, he's um, he, he. I was out working with him at Michael Ellis' school in California, and we all were. It was it was a blast. Michael's great. Force is great. The the vibe that Michael has over at his school is great. And we were out, and we were just, I think we were just drinking wine, just eating lunch, just you know, just chopping it up, man. You know, really cool, good times, and um, and it was. And it was cool because so I'll just tell you a quick story. I when I was um to first started getting into like really professionally helping people with I was always helping people with I was always helping dogs privately like myself like rather I was dog walking or I was helping a friend out and I was just messing around with the dog and then when I got into the education sector of actually taking accepting money from people I was like all right this is new. So I started watching, you know, Michael's stuff and Forrest's stuff because they were working together privately, or I'm sorry, they were working together 
often at Learberg or at Michael's school, and you see all these old videos of Forrest and Michael doing uh, bite work and Mondial ring stuff, and it was just cool because I really looked up to him. I still do. But um, I ended up becoming friends and linking up with Forrest very early on. We've been friends now for a long time, and we're good friends. We talk often, and we have very um, – very lovely, deep conversations about one another's lives, and we're good friends. And it was cool because they, Michael and Forrest, hadn't worked together for a while because they were both doing their own thing and busy. When I went out there, they joined forces again. So it was like watching two of. I was like, "This is crazy." I'm like, I, I spent my the majority of my come up watching these guys teach and educate, and you know, for, they're both very technical with their obedience and everything. A little bit different from mm -hmm. what I do, but it was just so cool because now. They're joining forces again to get together at that at that moment, and they hadn't really worked with one another for a little bit. They've always been good friends, but it was just cool to kind of watch them come back together and be involved with that. Because I kind of was pushing Forrest, like, "Yeah, let's you know, let's bring the dogs up." And we took this road trip in the in a we lived in a van out of. It was really cool. Anyway, we were all at lunch one time, and, and we were just chilling. And you know, Michael said. Um, good dog training he was talking we we're talking about tv shows and how many tv shows we've all been approached with and the networks that i was working with at the time and michael said you know good good dog training is really boring it's really boring he's like i had a friend that was a big producer for like a big network and he's just like I don't ever want to do a show because really good dog training is actually really boring it really is because when you when you talk about traditional dog training you talk about like you were saying will is a great professional you know it's like watching lebron james warm up with a basketball or in your case what wayne rooney um dribbling a ball right right it'd be it'd be like that's a, not bad mate i'll yeah, give you that yeah see <laughs> uh, but anyway you know it's 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 like watching a professional do their thing they're like yeah that's cool but that doesn't help me at all i, I can't do that so anyway, we were just kind of chopping it up, and that was an interesting conversation that, you know, Michael, who has a lot more experience in the industry than I do, said, like, I would never do a show because good dog training is actually very boring, and nobody really cares about good dog training. People want entertainment, which is why there's people out there that have successful shows and have for years, and then there's people who have had shows and they fail. So anyway, on that note, it's just interesting to to see where we're at with, like you said, it's a great point, is we're in a new space of entertainment uh, education social media i mean we're, this will never happen again the way it's happening now and like you said the Absolutely. numbers and it almost seems that and and i know i know really great dog trainers who are maybe really good at competitive stuff or they've they've gone out there and they've they've won all these different awards and all these different things but they're just jerks they're not good mm -hmm. they're they're they know that they're really good they let everybody know that they're really good and if you want to pay them a bunch of money they'll teach you how to train like them a quarter of the way and mm -hmm. and i'm just that's that's some people love that stuff some people and uh, really um get on board with with getting into that world but I think what a lot of people don't realize is the dog training industry is there's so many different avenues, right? There's, I don't know, mm -hmm. probably 10 to 15 like major avenues of how, how it works. And so we're in this weird place where you and I are hopping on a camera and <clears throat> I'm not sure how it was for you, but I just helped this one. I've told this story a couple of times, but I just helped this one person. I just said, I'm going to click my camera on 
I'm like, I hope this helps other people. And now I'm at a point and you're at a point and many other people are at a point where we do have a, a fo- uh, influence. I don't even want to say a following. Mm-hmm. I would just say we have an influence. We have an actual fan base, which is, which is different. You telling me a dog trainer online has a fan base and is doing mm-hmm. this and doing that's weird. I mean, that's weird to this, this age of what we're doing. And it's just interesting where we're at, right? Because it, we have so much influence without, it's, it's like, I didn't, I don't want to say I didn't ask for it. I'm just trying to help. Mm-hmm. And then as we grow in different social media platforms, I think the bigger you get, the, the more sour some people can get, the bigger a target you are. I think if you're sitting at home in your basement and you're recording this little video for your hundred followers on, on, um, Instagram, you're, I don't even think anybody's going to say anything good or bad, but the mm-hmm. moment you start gaining any type of reputation or following or fan base or whatever, you immediately get this polarizing hate you or love you. And it's like so weird, mm-hmm. isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, and it's something, oh, so what <laughs> kind of worms question conversation. We can go off on a million tangents there. Well, but the, um, let's do it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, and we go back to what you're kind of talking about in terms of like influence. Um, and I think that's, that nicely ties in with what we were talking about in terms of like, what are we? And I think the thing that we, again, I know you're in the same way, always going back to what can we do? Obviously we run businesses and we've got staff to pay and we need to take all of those things into account. But ultimately at the end of the day, it's that, well, how can we help people help dogs? Now, Again, both of running businesses, uh, multiple members of staff, there is genuinely only so much time in the day. So the question at some point has to come up, but where do you put that time? Now, as much as I genuinely love doing one-to-one stuff and I find it really, really fulfilling when you have those, especially the cases, and again, I'm sure you'll see them all the time. They've been to four or five different trainers, especially mm-hmm. if they've been to kind of more positive-based trainers for behavior mod stuff, and they've been told that it will never happen. And then with the use of kind of tools um they can see in that sh- those short sessions what amazing progress has been able to make and it's life-changing all of those things are absolutely beautiful but at what point do you have to weigh in and like you say at the kind of scale that we're at do you kind of invest all that time into that person and you help that one person or do you invest time into creating a piece of content that at our scale those we both have videos or do hundreds of thousands of views which is, and again, those numbers are crazy, but I always try and genuinely picture that each one of those numbers is a legitimate Mm. person looking for help. They're at home struggling with their dogs, not knowing where to go. And they go on YouTube and we found ourselves in this weird situation where our videos pop up. Um, and like you say, for me, it started with, it was a kind of a fun passion project. And then you're right. I don't know. I can't tell you where the tipping point was, but at some point there was a tipping point mm. where it's like you say, it went from kind of fun and, Oh, it'd be really cool to gross YouTube presence and to, Oh, Oh, there's like, there's legitimate influence here. And I have to be very careful right. for a variety of reasons. First of all, where do I put my time in terms of what's most valuable um, to the most amount of people and therefore the most amount of dogs. But then also, and this is kind of, I think, 
so then there's that piece of the puzzle. And then, like you say, that at some point as well, there's that tipping point of where, for some reason, like you say, when when I was smaller, nobody paid any mind. Uh, my videos have kind of my philosophy and training. I suppose it's evolved, but it hasn't overly changed. But for some reason, a target's been put on my back, especially of people um, that are in the, I suppose, um, like you say, there's lots of different avenues. Mm. And it seems to be that, a lot of especially the sporting competition avenues sometimes seem to feel frustrated mm. about um the kind of size of following i've been able to grow so trying to navigate that with love and kindness and and not biting back and just remaining focused on the goal at hand of helping as many people as possible comes in but and then on top of that as well then like you say there's the influence in terms of and i'm sure we're going to get onto the topic of tools um prong collars remote collars um and the situation there of kind of how much of that do you want to show especially when and again i know we we've talked about this at length privately but about being positive advocates for these tools mm. one of my big fears right now is putting T tools um in the hands of people that are going to misuse them and trying to make sure that if i'm showing tools i'm showing them being used in the right way for the right things um all of those things it's far more to me now than just simply flipping a camera on and filming a session uh, i'm trying to constantly weigh up all of those different avenues into creating a piece of content that ultimately foundationally is designed to help people and help dogs um and then yeah I've stumbled blindly into this position that by trying to do that then also carries this baggage that you have to weigh up at the same time yeah it's 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 um i did a instagram thing uh, a couple weeks ago about just me you know it's hard because it, being a being in the dog world it's really easy to get a big ego and i i always tell people and i'm on the same page with you with leaving with love and leadership and empathy and kindness and i think that that always wins long term and i think it always wins just for the human i mean there's some people that we both know and we both seen that spend the majority of their day turning on their ring light in their basement or in their cold dark office and just talk about how everyone else sucks and they have to do this because everyone needs to know how bad these other people suck and it's mm -hmm. like and, and and that's just a, that's just i uh, you know hurt people hurt people right we've had that yeah. conversation i mean it, i i genuinely feel bad for those people when they do things like that i'm like man you really got nothing else to do you got nothing yeah. going on you know it, it breaks my heart for yeah. them yeah sad i find is mm. the right word yeah. in terms of um and again i suppose kind of here in the uk and you in the us and I suppose internationally being mm. kind of up there especially in the balance community but I, yeah when i'm kind of the victim of that it doesn't i suppose it doesn't make me angry i'm just a bit um especially when it's people kind of i feel like, like like we're on the same team. Yeah, it's, I, I kind of just want to yeah give those people a hug and say that, that it's whether I don't know whether does it stem from kind of jealousy, competitiveness, um, like you say, yeah. if it's ego, and if it's ego and those things, I've got no no qualms whatsoever. Especially like I say, if it's coming from more of the com the competition worlds of like, dude, what you do is awesome, and you are far more talented and skilled and experienced. Like you say, there's so many different avenues. Yeah, my focus is on companion dogs. 
people that have dogs just to kind of chill at home pets. and to share their lives with pets that, yeah. that's what i do uh, and that's what i love to do um i'm interested in all the other worlds i find it fascinating um yeah, and I've got nothing but love for the people out there doing those things because they're furthering the capability and the the potential. Um, yeah, and I think and I just wish there's a more community love across those fields. The the obvious example, isn't it, is kind of the balanced versus positive only. That that's mm. kind of the the obvious tribalistic war going on at the minute. But even within that, I, I really try my best to kind of lead with kindness and love in in that debate as well. Yeah. Um, we have to. But it seems sad that even the subcategories of, say, a balanced approach or at least a, a, an approaches that utilize tools, that there can be so much division and anger. Um, I think that, yeah, I think people get lost in the, in the message. Like you, like you said, like I – here's the thing is I'm a – you know, I consume a lot of content on, on YouTube and not dog content, um, just content. You know, I like different things, you know, whether it's a flat earth documentary or mm – -hmm. Um, whatever, you know, a Danny Duncan mm -hmm. vlog or a David Dobrik, I don't care. Like I like watching other creators. I'm like, what are they doing? How are they doing it? <clears throat> That's what inspires me, man. I mm -hmm. want to get to that point or man, I want, so I just can't imagine scrolling through. I mean, think about this as a human being, you're scrolling through something, you see a thumbnail of Will, you know, big Viking looking dude. Mm -hmm. And I'm a professional dog trainer. I'm a novice. I'm a breeder. I'm probably, bear in mind, I'm fully aware, pulling a stupid face for that <laughs> click-through rate. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> right. So so then I click on it. I just can't imagine like hearing you and saying, I don't really agree with that. And like, if I see something I don't like, I just go somewhere else. I'm like, oh, this video is not for me. But I, I just don't know the, the path that people go on. And I know that this is a thing. And I know that this is like a, this is a thing that's becoming bigger and bigger because of the mental health situation that we have in the world because of social media. Mm -hmm. Young women, young men, just people in general, celebrities, um, et cetera, just not having a good quality of life because they're constantly being attacked by people who don't even know them and they're taking that seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've seen documentaries on that. It's becoming a big thing about how the state of mind people have to be mentally either very unstable or depressed or hurt or jealous or whatever to then say, oh, not only do I not agree with what Will, this guy, is saying because I've never seen him, I'm going to go on his page that other people love, that other people cherish and, and respect and I'm going through the comments and I'm seeing, thank you so much. You've changed my life. You've helped me. You've saved my dog's life. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. And then I'm going to go and comment, this is terribly wrong and you need to be off the internet because you have no idea what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. in, in, in the crowd of 450 comments of people telling you that you've changed their life with their dog. But because I know more... I've been in the industry more. I mean, this is third party me talking here, not me personally. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's always it's been you. Yeah, it's been me you all along, Tom. <laughs> it's been me the whole time, dude. Every single every single bad comment you've ever gotten has been it's been a fake troll account. But I just can't. I just don't. I just don't know. I feel so bad for. I really, truly try to understand. Like, 
why do people get to a point, you know, why, and, and it's not us, it's everybody. It's, it's, it, it, you could be making candles on the, on YouTube mm-hmm. and you're going to get this candle maker of 45 years hopping on your YouTube of a well-balanced two angle, 85, mm-hmm. 50 full frame, full production, microphones, lights, and a bazillion followers. And they're going to hop on there and tell you, you're doing it wrong. You young yeah. man need to go back to school and educate yourself on how to train a dog. And you're like, wow. Mm-hmm. And so I've been telling people, it's like, I don't, any type of information or any type of content I put out aren't for people who aren't willing to learn. If you don't agree with, and it's not just me, I'm talking as a whole, as a creator, it's hard. I mean, we're human beings and somebody, somebody thinks, like we care a lot about our craft, right? We care. I care. Like when yeah. I put a piece of, I, you and Joe and Abby and I and your team and my team, we don't just film something and throw it out. We film something, we comb through it, we make sure it's it's really digestible. It's it's you know, Abby and I, I mean, just the other day, we were gonna put a video out and I said, you know what? I wanna change a little bit on this. She came over to my house and we recorded this whole thing just for this one video, just to make it the best we can for for to help mm-hmm. people. And we yeah. care a lot. And I just can't imagine somebody having the place in their just what type of place are these people in where not only will they comment, it's like they're sticking out like a sore thumb. The way that I put it the other day was I went to a John Mayer concert the other uh, last week with my wife, and we love John Mayer, and he's great, right? And he's just a world-renowned great musician, right? And some of his songs are whatever, but he's just talented, and I love watching talented people do their thing. And it would be like somebody outside of a John Mayer concert on their knees with a guitar and a little mini amp saying, don't go in, watch me. Don't go in, he sucks. And there's these people that are coming from all over the country to this sold out arena to watch John play. And there's people out front with signs saying, don't watch John, he's the worst. Watch me instead. Do, 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 I'm better. It's like, well, if you were better, you'd be here, bud. You're not, you're not mm-hmm. here, you know, and, and if you were, yeah. this isn't the way to do it. So it's just this weird thing, right? It's like, I don't, that's what it's like going on somebody else's mm-hmm. page that is, that is watched by hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people for us per month mm-hmm. and saying, no, 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 no. It's, it's kind of this weird thing. And I also have empathy towards the fact that there are we, you know, for me, I am, I always tell people I am not the best. I don't know everything. I never will be. I'm just like you. And I'm trying to put out a, if I can put out a piece of content and somebody goes on my content and says, and this happens every day, and I'm sure it does too, you will, you have saved my dog's life. I'm done for the day. I'm good. Absolutely. Anybody can say Mm. whatever else they want, but that dog laying at here's what i think about that dog laying at home peacefully sleeping on the bed napping after a walk and the dog not being killed because somebody watched one of my videos and learned how to do one thing and now that dog is just chilling at home with his his or her family relaxed and not a a a thing of ashes on the on the cabinet Mm -hmm. That to me is worth everything. So it's like this weird thing of <clears throat> why do you, Will, what's a, here's a question. Why do you think 
I mean, why do you think people get to a point where they want to bring other people down? Why do you think, no, it's kind of this sore thumb. Like I said, it's like somebody sitting outside of a, of a concert that people are going to and saying, you guys know this guy sucks, right? He's the worst. Like, he's not good. Like, I can't believe you're paying. And all these people are paying mm. hundreds and hundreds of dollars to go in to see this person. It's just, mm. so why do you think, in your opinion, and, w- and what you've been seeing on the, across the pond, why? Like, what's going on? Are these people hurt? Are I think they... we have, yeah, I think we have to differentiate here between kind of well, owners, um, just dog owners, and then either current or aspiring professionals. I think um, I've got more empathy for dog owners who are hateful towards me, especially if it's if it's the way I talk, the way I look, the way kind of my education style. That's just kind of all right here and there. That it is what it is. If it's um, kind of my approach to training, and especially here in the UK, the balanced uh, type of training and especially utilizing tools is it beca- it's almost non-existent. Mm. So when normal owners kind of uh, anti that I've got more empathy for it because it's more of an opportunity to me to try and better educate people because that's oftentimes you see that from oh you just don't understand yet you just haven't had the opportunity to learn now hopefully through my style of love and kindness and empathy and um genuinely trying to help hopefully I can get you just to watch a little bit and then maybe through watching and seeing that everything that I do, even if it seems mean or cruel utilizing these tools, you see that I do it from a place of love and my love for the dog. So that side of the equation, I'm kind of okay with. And I think that that's just an ongoing long-term, if you want to call it kind of a battle that we're trying to fight, is just trying to help bring people around that may have a preconception of styles and tools um, and, and hopefully change their mind th- again through content and through the art form and craft of content. Like you said, that's something me and Joe mm. spent a long time doing when we were reviewing stuff as, as how, not just how do we perceive this as people that get it, but how does somebody that has never witnessed this kind of training style perceive this? Um, and, yeah. and does that kind of help them come around to it? I'm going to go off on a tangent. So I'll leave that there. The, the piece that I suppose, upsets me a little bit more kind of like you're alluding to is when it's kind of other trainers or aspiring trainers why they do it i'm not 100 percent sure um, I, and i don't want to kind of throw around like negative terms as if we're throwing shade at these people uh, accusing them of simply being jealous or ego or um it but it, the con- like you say the concept of them doing it is so foreign to me i i struggle to empathize mm. with their position of of why they would want to do that um and one thing that i do know and it's in kind of dog training youtube and any platform think of any greats of anything i can't picture a case of somebody um that, that reaches height of building an audience or a business um, and being able to truly help people that they do it through negativity and hatred i um, maybe you can go into kind of like rap culture and hip hop and stuff and diss tracks and stuff. Maybe right. kind of those kind of beefs can help um, help people grow. But genuinely, I don't picture people like the great, like Michael Jordan back in the day. I can't picture him ever wasting his time concerning himself 
with wanting to drag other people down. I feel like the mindset of people that succeed is about how they can improve themselves and how they can get better, how they can do more and improve. Um, and in the in the YouTube dog training space, um, looking at kind of the the big names, I've got, I've got so much love for all of them because I don't see any of them that have achieved that level of success and that audience through any kind of hatred. I'm so kind of, I'm genuinely to my core, I'm proud to be in that mix with those names. And even again, it'd be take kind of Zach George, number one in the positive only community. Like that dude has hustled so hard for so long mm-hmm. And we can debate the methodologies and the principles of dog training from a place of healthy debate and care and stuff. But like, I have no ill will towards him and can never perceive the idea or of me trying to tear him down to further my path or my agenda. So when people do it to me, I, like I say, it used to really upset me, if I'm being honest, Tom. It, it really um, it used to cut me quite deeply. Um but I think the more I'm seeing it, again, the more um, I kind of just try and let it wash off now. Yeah. I shared it. It's, it's my favorite, not just my favorite Gary Vee quote. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time. And I know we've had these kind of discussions privately when you get those stinging situations. Um, but around, yeah, I'm an ambitious person. I'm trying to build a business. I'm trying to look after my family. I love kind of growing an audience. And his quote, I'm going to paraphrase it or probably butcher it, but around, I'm trying to build the biggest skyscraper, but I'm going to build the biggest skyscraper by building the biggest skyscraper, not tearing everybody else's building down around me. Mm-hmm. That that to me summarizes at least what I'm trying to achieve. And kind of yes, when you sir. flip that on the head, that's kind of how I see it when people are doing it. It's that like, maybe you are ambitious of trying to become a leader in your field or grow a big audience, but I just don't ever see the way of doing that, of being tearing other people's stuff down. Mm. I just imagine that being the case right now, you decide tomorrow from, you're just going to ruin everybody's, Every other dog trainer on YouTube, you're going to try and squash yeah. them, tear them down, ruin them. Do you think that in that you're then going to be left stood with the admiration of everybody because you've squashed it? Or it's just um, even even more than it, that. It makes me sad. It's, it's yeah. Sorry, Will. I was just going to say even more than that. The tribe that you're building is a tribe of of pitchforking hate, hateful people. Mm, yeah exactly and again they're not the kind of people that and and it's happened sometimes mate um again when yeah again i've had these people kind of make videos on me or leave some posts about me with varying levels of it's never big people bear in mind in terms of big audience numbers again like i say that's why i've got so much love for the the people that have have legitimately built big yeah followings because they've done it they've done it through kindness and and trying to help people but um when i've seen it a few times when people have left comments and i've not been aware of it or a member of my team especially if it's on a femrear platform because we've got a marketing department now that kind of runs in there might be hey will this kind of thing's happened on a post we think you need to be aware of it and take a look and i'll see a lot of kind of the hardcore fans fighting back almost like kind of fighting for my corner and it's like i'm so honored and humbled that you feel like you need to defend me but it's not anything that i want anybody to do it's not uh, like mm. you say i don't want an audience of pitchfork wielding 
people um no that's not healthy like that's like that tribe that tribalism mm -mm. thing is it's something that i see um as detrimental for so many things and especially because such of uh, a foundation and a core of what i'm trying to achieve especially here in england is around the fair and loving use of tools hopefully we can put a dent in it before they get banned but that's a topic we can go on to because the banning's starting to look very likely um mm. i can't see us being able to make any leeway with any of those kind of bigger ambitions we're doing so through hate and yeah. arguing with people shooting people down and um well i think if you... and even if we were to make leeway it's not the leeway it's not the kind of leeway i want to make it's not the kind of progress i want to make i don't want to be known as the person that achieved anything through any kind of hatred right i mean that's like what what i say that all the time is be careful who you who you're influenced by i mean if you're mm. and it doesn't it's not it's not a it's not a dog training thing it's just a thing like if if the person that you look up to or the person that you're following or the person you're training your dog from or the person that you're building your house from every other video is let's talk about will let's talk about tom davis let's talk about zach george let's talk about caesar milan let's talk about all these other people mm -hmm. be careful because they mm -hmm. are in your head and they are they are like right right guys we all agree this let, let's mm -hmm. whoa and and yeah. it's just this interesting going back to the Zach George thing for those of you who don't know that are listening Zach George is the biggest uh YouTube dog trainer um subscribers wise uh there is and if I saw Zach George tomorrow I would probably hug the man mm -hmm. hey man how are you I would I'd love to take him out for a beer and right. some food. No cameras, no bullshit, no nothing. Just go out and just kind sure. of. I'd love to hear his story of. Um, sure, I think. Uh, of, of the, and I imagine there's all the hustle and the hard work and yeah. ups and downs. Um, He's been doing yeah. it for so long, I think. And he probably mm. thinks, I don't know. I've tried to reach out to him before because he probably, and I don't blame him because he sees people in his comments, you guys should watch Tom yeah. Davis. And I was like, guys, just. I was literally yeah. just about to say the same thing. I've tried to reach out to him and I'm a, whether. It's never got through him to him or got through his team. However, he kind of runs his operation. And the idea that this, this kind of makes me sad as well of a guy like him. Oh, there's that will from Fenrir has mm. messaged you who wanted to know if you were up for a chat of them having to be on their guard. They'd be right. like, oh, okay, what's going on here? They're going to try and trick us. They're going to try and trip us up or. Yeah. I don't even think uh, I was talking. That stems from the flip side of the culture of again him being attacked by fans of the balanced advocate. It's such a shame. Yeah. And, but what that does for me is it obviously this is audio. I'm kind of doing that clashing of fists thing, but it mm. it turns it into that that we're just at war and no. In my opinion, no progress is made there. None. Um, Zero. It's and 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 ultimately in our world it's the dogs that suffer always 100% but i wouldn't blame him i wouldn't blame him if he was like, i can't take that risk i just i can't yeah what bad might come out of it um hopefully obviously like you've got to know me and that's not who i am but i would understand completely mm. uh, anyone in his position sure. being careful of because of the state of affairs um in the world from either side of the debate or argument or whatever you want to call it yeah. um but again i'll get him on further the agenda i'm gonna mm. i'm gonna i'll get him on at some point i i don't but, even think i would talk but, dogs mm. i don't even think i'd no, again There'd be no need, would they? It's just that, like, let's 
just a, a, I already, we're both yeah. humans here. Yeah, I already uh, know how. Just guys. Yeah, I already mm. know how you you train dogs. You know how I train dogs. We don't need to talk about how we do it. Let's just talk about yeah. how we can work together to to build a better mm-hmm. future for dog owners. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 weird, man. It's just just a weird thing. And it's like, and I also see, you know, going back to what you were saying about, you know, imagine. See, people don't realize is, um, and I and I try to, hmm, I try to caution young dog trick because people always ask me it's like one of my frequently asked questions how do you do what you do and how do you you know i'm like well you got to spend about mm, 10 years every day minimum of 80 hours a week no no life no social life um find a partner or somebody that is willing to give up everything to help you with it and and then you can get to a point where you can start maybe doing some stuff anyway I just think it's interesting. Like um, yesterday, I walked into my um, my bigger facility, and my receptionist was like, "There were one of my trainers and my wife were like around the phone, and my receptionist was kind of smirking." And we always get like really funny we um, voicemails, you know, from just just funny, just 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 plain funny. Like people are just funny, you know. We're not we're not laughing at them; we're laughing with them, and. Um, this one voicemail that we got was from a guy. I don't I don't know his name. I don't know where he's from. I just kind of caught the end. My receptionist looks at me because she goes, this one's for you. And usually it's like just funny stuff. People are asking like ridiculous stuff. They're like, hey, Tom, I was wondering if you could, you know, I don't know, just funny stuff. And um, he got his first like hate comment on social media or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'd really, because you, you are, you know, and I've done this with you and, and, other people have done this with me and it's like when you're in a you know you've had you have good days and bad days every human does you know you go through this ebb and flow of good mental health and bad mental health and there's certain like when you're having a bad mental health day which we all have and we know and you got to be aware of it and this one comment that normally you wouldn't even you wouldn't even look at Mm -hmm. couldn't penetrate your 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 armor if you know but you have one bad day where I've had where you don't sleep good or in my case you don't sleep good your dog of 18 years is almost dead and you're just having a bad day and somebody says I don't like your shoes and you cry (laughs) (laughs) I'm very familiar with them days mate damn you know but um anyway so this this guy just left a voicemail and he said he got his first like hateful comment and he's like I don't know what to do I've never been in this position you know I, I I'm sure it's Nothing what you get, but I, I really, and, and I am like, man, that's, I just feel bad, man. Like why it's, it's, first of all, anything you and I say, is not going to change those people out there. It's not going to change the people that are like, oh, maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't talk shit to people. I don't know about things I don't know about. But I think my goal is, is to going back to what I was saying about, be careful who you guys listen to, be careful who influences you. Going back to what I was saying is, is dog owners. That's who I, I don't put content out for other dog trainers to critique. I don't put content mm-hmm. out for other dog trainers to say, is that good or is that bad? Do I approve or do I not approve? I don't care if you approve. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you think it's good. All I'm trying to do, and I know you're trying to do, Will, is you put out something, and if it can, it can just land on a dog owner's phone, iPhone, TV, AirPods, and help them, that's all that matters. And I think there's just this weird thing about competitiveness and jealousy and... I don't know other mental illness, uh, other things that are happening. I think where you know you got to be really careful who you're, who you're, you know, really following. Like look at Caesar Milan for an example. He's a guy who is an immigrant to the United States, 
um, I don't know his, I don't know his whole story, but of course we all know who he is. Um, he, and I have a ton of colleagues who work with him daily and, you know, we have a lot of very similar friends and, and organizations that we work with together. So we're very close in that regard of what we're doing and our goals. But look at, look at him and what he's doing. He was on national television when television was a thing. So now we're kind of evolving. You and I are evolving into this new mm-hmm. TV. Like, no, I, I don't, I don't want to say nobody's watching TV anymore, but TV is starting to not be a thing anymore. And what well, the is? The data speaks for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be TikTok, YouTube, mm-hmm. um, Instagram, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So, but but YouTube is king as far as long-term mm-hmm. content, uh, Netflix, things like that. So anyway, look at what he's done. I mean, he is, you can just tell I'm kind of looking at what he's doing. He is so sick of this shit. He's bought a mountain in California. He surrounds himself with nothing <laughs> but like uh, Buddha sculptures and music and birds and just happiness and kindness and love and he's 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 you know he's gone down this route for years more than you and I have mm-hmm. for sure he's got his hands dirty for a while but look what it's done to him and not in a bad way but almost in a good way like he's turned his whole mm-hmm. life into a walking meditation sanctuary because of I think mm-hmm. the things that he's gone through in life and there's still people that will probably send him hate mail and it, and it's so I just would be cautious of anybody out there that is looking to build a brand or looking to some people will message me and say, I'm nervous to put content out or I'm nervous what people are going to, if you're nervous about what people are going to say, then don't put it out because people are going to talk shit about mm-hmm. you. It's going to happen. Absolutely. But mm-hmm. let's be real. Well, it's 99 to one, 100%. There is, uh, there is 99 people praising the ground that you walk on and there's that one person. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want people to think that we are walking around like with shields and tink, 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 mm-hmm. like, you know, putting, you know, blasting arrows that are trying to penetrate us because it's, it's, it's probably every day, but it's, it's 99 to one. You get a mm-hmm. night, you get a hundred people almost that are saying like, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me and my dog and you've saved my dog's life. And I can, mm-hmm. and I'm internally grateful for that one video or that one podcast. And mm-hmm. there's that one person that's like, that's not how you, everybody, everybody unsubscribe, unfollow, come in, come over to my channel where I'm, I'm, you know, so I, I I don't want to, I don't want to get too negative about what we do, but I just want to, nobody, not a lot of people talk about the negative outcomes of creating a brand and being on social media and being in the public and putting things out on like Mm -hmm. the biggest platforms that you can be on and growing to a point where, I th- mm-hmm. what is it, Will? I, you're big in the analytics. It's like 1%, what is it, like 1% of YouTubers get past 1,000 subscribers or something like that. Like, Yeah, it's, a yeah, very, it's crazy. Very mm-hmm. small. So once you start getting big, even if you get 10,000 followers or su- subscribers on YouTube, I mean, that is, that is, you're the 1%. I mean, then once you start Absolutely. getting 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, 600, mm-hmm. a million, it's like you are you are top 10 in your niche in the world and you are also the one of the biggest targets in the world. So it's just, Absolutely. A, it's just interesting thing. Going back to like Caesar Milan's a classic example. I, and I'd be willing to be corrected if I'm wrong here, but I cannot. And I used to, when I was a teenager, it's kind of where I started down that path. So I've got 
nothing but love for Caesar. Um, but I, I can't think of a time at all where a negative word came out of his mouth about any other trainer, right. any other style. Um, to, he has probably, I'm, I'm pretty certain that he'll be that he is the most well known slash yes, biggest yeah. dog trainer in the world ever. Sure. And he built that empire on helping and kindness with no negativity. I don't think he's even weighed into kind of the positive only debate. And he was en public enemy number one. Um, again, what we talk about, the level of hate we get, I can only imagine. Yeah. Crazy. The, the amount over the years that has been sent his way but um like you say he's built that on kindness and love and good energy and yeah so he's a big role model of mine in how he has handled that situation um and obviously yeah that's a, a long conversation but yeah nothing um it's i think that's a really good example well, to I, people out there of yeah and i think exact point you're making of choosing the right person right and I think too, Will, um, you know, when somebody's following you around with a camera too, I mean, you have to, it takes a set of cojones to put out, you know, almost every day, like welcome people into your life. Like that's hard. Mm -hmm. That takes, that's a lot. I mean, to, to tell people like, Hey, here's everything I'm doing. I'm going to train this dog soup to nuts. I mean, to just put out that, like it's, it's people don't realize you know, how scary that can be. I mean, you and I love it yeah. at this point. I love putting on a video and mm -hmm. I can't wait to, like, oh, you know, I can't wait to, ho ho hopefully this lands on the, you know, a couple right people, a couple hundred thousand people when they really take something from it. But, you know, it's it's something to also uh, keep in mind moving forward that my, my point is, is we all make mistakes. I make mistakes. I look at videos I used to do and I'm like, oh man, I think mm -hmm. differently. I train differently. I've learned People can see that hopefully in my videos as they kind of move up the line of watching me. They're, you know, some people will say, "Wow, your production value has gotten really good," but they also say, "Man, you've gotten better," and that's what mm -hmm. I love to hear. Is I'm like, I'm, I, I'm learning every day. And you and I talked about um, when I came over to the UK for the seminar last year. How do you, you know, how how should you present yourself, and what's the best way? And I, you know, the first thing I say to people is. First of all, thank you. Thanks for everyone that's coming. I don't know everything. I'm going to learn more this weekend about dogs than you guys will because I am sitting there and I am speculating and watching and wow, interesting. And oh, let's try this and let's do this. And I'm, and I'm a student always first. And I just love canine behavior and I love helping people. You remember that we, mm -hmm. there was one girl that we didn't film. And I don't know if you remember this, but she had the little. Oh, that little, that little uh, dog. I can't remember what it was. Oh, the, the one that had the savage toy drive. Yes. Yes. And she stopped in the middle of the room yeah, in front of everybody one. and just started crying. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah I remember it very, I, very well. I thought, I was like, what, what happened? Like, did I, <laughs> I'm like, did I say something Did I, I was like, what happened? And I looked at her and I said, what's wrong? And she looked at me with just tears coming down her face. She goes, I'm just so happy. And I'm mm -hmm. like, wow, that's, this trip is, that's it. I'm done. Give me my pint. Yep. I'm I'm checked out. Mm. I'm ready to go home. Like yeah. that was worth every every cent, every everything. Mm. It was worth everything to see that happiness. And I've changed mm -hmm. that dog owner's life and that dog. See, and that's the cool thing about what we do, Will, is we the daily even if you tell somebody, Will, like somebody says, Hey Will, how much um is it okay if I leave my dog chained up out back? And um, is that enough exercise? They got 
you know, quite a bit of chain on there. And you're like, well, you know, it'd be really good if you went, let me teach you how to walk your dog on a leash. And it'd be really good if you had three days, you know, three times a day and that person does it. Mm -hmm. Just imagine the happiness that you've created when that dog sees that slip leash or that prong collar, Mm -hmm. that leash, and they get bouncy and they go, yay, we're going Mm -hmm. for a walk. And they get so excited. And you instilled that into the owner and you changed that dog's Mm -hmm. life because now they're getting three walks a day. They're out and they're socializing. They're they're smelling new things. They're hearing new birds. They're seeing Mm -hmm. new things. And you made that happen. And so with that particular girl at my seminar, it was just... Those breakthrough moments are, you know, I mean, I even get emotional thinking about it. It's like, man, that is, that's why I, that's why we do what we do is that breakthrough aha moment where it's like, Mm -hmm. this is why I do what I do. This is what keeps me going. You know, that's just beautiful stuff. Not to sound cheesy, you can goosebumps listening to that. but great. I couldn't love, agree love more. And I agree that that's why I think I spend so much time um, on pulling. I kind of, you're right. I am an absolute, I'm obsessed with data and analytics and I'm always looking at it from a perspective of how can we help more and what resonates best. And, yeah. uh, and for us, um, I, I don't know if it's the same in America. I'm not sure if it's kind of a UK specific problem, especially because of the lack of acceptance of tools here. But pulling is number one, is the number one problem that people face. Mm. And it also, if I had to choose something that I'm probably m- most well-versed at, it's fast dramatic transformations of uh, of pulling to then again i'm not I, I do not train competition standards of heel um, the last time i reached out to forest i was telling him how much i admire how incredible of a skill that is and maybe one day when i've got time i'd love to dedicate to it but my version of kind of heel being just a dog that walks nicely on a lead and isn't pulling your arm out your socket and isn't reacting and lunging towards stuff and again i've got those countless stories of the people that come and i've been dealing with this dog for years i've stopped being able to walk it i've had dogs where owners have got up at 1 a.m every night to take their dog for a walk through that being the case where they might not see somebody owners that have been dragged on their face across the road by big mastiffs and in a session yes often utilizing tools and they have that like you say that uh, the breakthrough moment and they burst into tears and they watch me and i'll often the way especially if i'm utilizing prong collars i'll always do it first myself i want to tune the dog up right to make sure that it's as a positive association as 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 possible and then i very very quickly get the owners in handing that over to them and when they have that moment, and, and again, so you've seen it so many times, they take the lead off you and they go all tense and they wrap the lead around the wrist. And you have to say, no, no, stop, stop, stop. Breathe, relax. And then they have that moment for the first time, potentially in their life, where they've walked their, they walk their dog that first few steps and it's on a loose lead. And yeah, the tears and that never gets old. Never. Yeah. No matter how many times I do that, that's, that's still even... Yeah, I quite enjoy the aggression cases and the big scary mastiffs and shepherds and rotties, um, the kind of sketchy stuff. But a dog that pulls and an owner that just wants to be able to walk their dog, they just, and I call it kind of my, one of my catchphrases is around turning the chore of your day into the joy of your day. Mm. And again, yeah. that to a lot of trainers and the people that we look up to and admire is kind of really advanced. Like that's, that's kind of low level modification or training. But for me, that never, ever gets old. I love it more than anything in working with dogs is, is those, um, 
pulling and reactivity transformations and then seeing the owners take their dog for a walk. I got a video on WhatsApp literally yesterday from um, a girl, we kind of a friend of a friend and she, she was having a nightmare and get one of those, you know, the sessions, the prong collars, a quick tune up and they're like, it looks like you're a miracle worker. Yeah. Um, and it happened so quickly, but she sent me a video yesterday. It was the first, she'd got this dog and all she wanted to be able to do was go to the pub and sit in a beer garden with a dog. And she's never been able to do it because the dog's reactive, barks, lunges and pulls. And this dog's just chilling by the table, the picnic table outside. And she sat having a pint outside in the beer garden. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's all she wanted. That's the joy that that now brings to her life with her dog. Again, that's why... And I suppose there's like the, the imposter syndrome stuff. And like I say, yes, mm. I do get interested in the competition stuff. And sometimes not so much recently. I used to, when I was kind of coming up and I was starting to get those attacks from people and I'm like, oh, maybe I am a shit trainer. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe yeah. I should go and start looking at IPO and Schutzund and uh, competition heel. Otherwise no one will ever take me seriously. But now I'm like, I'm like, yeah, one day if I want to purely for my fulfillment and joy and progression not to impress anybody else i'll venture into that world but for right now i love changing people's lives with a dog that jumps up everyone they meet or that pulls on the leads or that won't stop barking um because again pet dogs people that it's yeah life-changing um, yeah i absolutely love it it's yeah, beautiful it's it fun. really is and i, I want to encourage the, especially the aspiring trainers that are out there listening because Again, in the UK, some uh, kind of a project I'm working on is trying to help people. I kind of call it coming out the closet as a balanced trainer here in England because it's something that has gone deep underground that people are scared of talking about. And or mm. again, they'll watch your videos or my videos and be like, "That's the kind of trainer I want to be. I want to do that." And I kind of want to help coach people into kind of coming out about that. But for those people that are listening, that like there's not only is there nothing wrong, but there's actually, there's a huge market out there for those companion dog trainers utilizing a balanced approach. Um, and to not feel guilty just because you don't have a competition champion IPO Malinois doesn't mean that you can't then not get into mm -hmm. working in that field and, um, and trying to kind of shed that imposter syndrome and not let it hold you back especially if like that guy that left you the voicemail if they start to hear get those little bits of hate um or negative feedback or jealousy or whatever it is that comes from it um you, you've got to kind of let that let that go and focus again you're like you say you're not making videos for other trainers and you're not training companion or pet dogs to impress competition trainers you're doing it to help that dog and that owner and if what you do does that like with that girl that can just again she doesn't want to compete that dog she just wants to go to a pub garden and have a beer that's her her goal in life with her companionship and relationship with her dog was to achieve that and i helped her achieve that and it's like yeah sweet love it yeah what a way to spend that session and help that person um and any aspiring trainers out there like that's that's cool. There's nothing that you don't have to prove yourself by having competition standard stuff. If you want to do that, sweet. Again, I love it. But do it because you want to do it, not because you feel guilty or you've got imposter yeah. syndrome. Yeah, I think it's overwhelming. You know, for mm. for people where they're like, you know, well, I see a lot. I hear a lot. And and I think going back, like overall, the proof is, the proof is in the pup, right? The the proof is in the pudding, if you will. It's, it, it, you know, it, it's like, 
how can you, like you were saying with that, maybe that, maybe a session you did where the prong collar changed somebody's life. And the, the thing is, is the dog owner doesn't care. They're like, oh, there's politics mm-hmm. to this. This is banned. This is illegal. Mm-hmm. Some people don't like this. Are you fucking mad? What? Mm-hmm. How? Because they don't care. And that's the, that's the thing that other people don't realize is mm-hmm. people don't, dog owner, our audience, the people who matter to us, meaning the people who are actually subjectively looking at the content to say like, can this help? No, moving on. Mm-hmm. Yes, perfect. Yeah. I like this guy. Perfect, mm-hmm. that's it. They don't care. Like mm-hmm. that's it. That's the thing I think a lot of people don't don't realize is there's other people with these picketed signs saying no, no, and they're like this tool, this training saved my dog's life. There's nothing that you were going to say to to change my mind or my opinion about this tool mm-hmm. that I used to change my dog's life or save my dog's life. Nothing. Yeah. There's this especially one. I believe even more so when that's when that point got educated to them by a person that's educating them from a place of love and kindness. Again, we're not out here slandering and badmouthing positive only trainers to um further our agenda of using the tools. We're we're talking about the tools because that's the right tool to help you yeah. and your dog and save that dog's life. And when people are, that's again, you're right. You you get those kind of people that become quite diehard defenders of tools for that reason, because like you say, it changed, it saved their dog's life. Yeah. And now that, like I said, there's no amount of picketing. Just uh, sorry to cut you off, but no, you're good. Um, I'm going to forget about it. And I think again, for any especially aspiring trainers listening, this it might be a really interesting piece of data. Um, and again, I I try and analyze all kind of the data points that we get. And it's not just through kind of YouTube and social because of the uh, kind of the business of Fenrir and the marketing team we have and the kind of ads and stuff we run. We've got, we get millions of data points a month. And it was really fascinating when I started to analyze it. And it's it's always hard to break it down, but the, the simplest way for me to break it down is people that are wanting to get into either working with dogs and utilizing tools or simply them using tools with their companion dogs themselves is that, and again, you kind of alluded to this a minute ago, which is what reminded me of it in the kind of a spectrum of a hundred percent of people. When we put out a piece of content or we're trying to educate people, I find that there's between three and 5% of people on one end of the scale that are, we're preaching to the choir. We're in an echo chamber. They're on mm. side. They're on board. They're probably trainers in the field. They're utilizing these things and they're going to support it no matter what. On the other end of the spectrum, you've got kind of the loud minority that we find sits between one and 4% of people that are actively angry uh, about utilizing the tools. And they're the people, again, we, we know them. Um, often stems from the positive only community uh, and being outright angry towards it. But that leaves 90 plus percent in the middle of people that like, it's not that they don't care, but they are open to it because right what they, they have a dog that quite frankly, not to sound mean to them in their perspective is ruining their life. You, you know, those people that it's it has become the worst part of their life is owning mm. this dog and they just want a solution and they are open to the solution and again so that's where we and i particularly focus my time there's i don't obviously i'll create content for the people that are already on board um but i don't want to put myself in an echo chamber of just making content for people that i know will say yeah will awesome love it I'm not going to create content for that one to three percent on the other end of the spectrum just to 
create beef and mm. be dramatic i'm focusing on that 90 to 95 percent chunk in the middle and that's again what i want to encourage the people that are listening that might be in that situation of i'm worried what people might say i'm worried what might happen if i come out as kind of a balanced trainer um and I really want to encourage people that, again, from our, we're backing this up now with data that those people just want to be able to go to the pub with their dog. They don't care. And if you, yeah. from a place of love and care, because you've built trust with them people through whatever means it is, whether it's in person or online content, because you have been a kind, decent, good person that has built trust with them through value just being through nice and education and then you tell them that for your dog this method will work very well or this tool will work very well they're going to try it because they trust you if their interactions with you have been based on you mm -hmm. This might be a British term for you, mate, but it's been based on slagging other people off and being angry towards other trainers. And then you come out and say, now let's slap this prong collar on. You might find that people are a bit like, oh, you seem like quite an angry person. And maybe you train in an angry way. Mm. But what I try and be is, is, is not fake or manufactured. It's that thing of leading with kindness and love. I'm here to help and I'm here to help your dog people then tr hopefully trust me that uh, and they know that that's genuine so then when i say so maybe this tool that you might think the perception looks bad or you've heard other people say that it's terrible you're now going to allow me to educate you you're at least going to let me talk and kind of uh, and then it's my job our job as professionals mm. to again we're training people is to educate them on that and then that's where Again, for me, the art form of it comes in. And I've, I'm sorry, I've just kind of taken over and gone on a, a proper, <laughs> a bit of a rant there. But I'm hoping that in there, there was some value for people. And like I say, I'll leave it with encouraging people to focus on that middle 90% with love and kindness is what I have seen with millions of data point actually makes a difference in helping dogs. 100%. 100%. And yeah, you can, you can talk as long. That's the, that's the beauty of podcasting. Mm -hmm. is you can talk as long as you want and um, mm -hmm. it's all going to be valuable and people are listening to this to find value so don't don't worry about going off go off <laughs> i'm known i'm known for waffling mate and i don't want to i don't want to take over your next, podcast next yeah. time you, no please do it's why you're on it next time you do it let me know so i can go pee quick but uh <laughs> <laughs> i'll take yeah whenever you need five minutes <laughs> yeah, I, can, I can waffle for five minutes no problem uh so you know it's it, and i just think you know it's it's like hey you know, if, like I said, the proof is in the pudding. And if you go online and you go to, um, you know, a dog training, whatever, and you see somebody working with a dog for four weeks, five weeks, six weeks on leash pulling, mm -hmm. and you want to subscribe to their methodology or their training style, why, I, I don't even, I won't even know that you did it. I do not care. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter to me. If you want to subscribe to a training technique that you're comfortable with that works for you, please do it. Do it all day. But you got to, again, you have to like, the reason why I make the videos that I do and the reason why you make videos you do is to just shed light on there are other options. So if you go to like popular dog trainers on YouTube, again, you'll see a thumbnail of working with the same dog 
weeks and weeks, and I've even seen months with the one dog mm-hmm. on reactivity or pulling. If that's what you want to do, why would I care? It's no skin off mm-hmm. my game. I do not care at all. But if you want to see how to really resolve and understand an issue in real time with real results, I think there's oftentimes unrealistic expectations when people train online in a certain way in a studio or mm-hmm. in, and not that there's anything wrong with the studio, but it's not realistic. So you're working with a leash reactive dog. And in my videos and in my program, the second day we are in it. We are around other dogs. This dog is rough, rough, spits going everywhere, redirecting on me, trying to bite my legs off. And I'm de-escalating and dismantling these situations to hopefully modify the perspective of how the dog understands this information. I don't care if you watch somebody else that takes them four weeks and they kind of are better and they're really good at avoiding situations and they're waking up at 6 a.m. and they're dodging through cars. I, I don't care. That's mm-hmm. the thing, like, I think people, when I make, I think because you and I are confident in what we do and how we present information, this is the prong caller and this can change your life. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying this has to change your life. I'm not saying you have mm-hmm. to put it on your dog. But all I'm saying is this, before you give up on your dog, before you put your dog down, mm-hmm. before, you make the ch- before you make that change to say, I'm not going to walk my dog anymore because my trainer ha- can't help me, or the person I'm watching online that I really admire and respect told me that this is the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm just saying the reason why I put out content is to give other people options because we've heard those stories. How many times have you heard that? Oh, you know, after you lose count, don't you? For sure. After doing this type of training, now you're training. Boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. But, but how do you argue with that? You know, as somebody's like, yeah, how are you going to argue with that? That's that's what I mean is I want dog owners to understand that when you see another dog training thing, you'll see – I'll give you a couple of examples that I, I really like to tell is when you see somebody like yourself or somebody like – somebody cries at the end of my video. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Same thing with you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. You have changed my relationship with my dog. You get an email or a WhatsApp message. Will, all I wanted to do – was enjoy my dog at a pub and have a beer and my dog be relaxed and not feel the need to protect me, to bark and to react. And because of your training and the tools that you've advocated for me to use, you've empowered me and inspired me and motivated me to do these things. And now my dog is exactly where he or she needs to be and happy. Mm -hmm. And somebody says, no, Will, not okay. Not Mm -hmm. okay. This dog needs to go back to a harness and be reactive and the owner needs to be stressed and the dog needs to be out of his mind with anxiety and a liability in the beer garden because mm-hmm. what I believe in is more powerful and better than results. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes well, a selfish game. Yeah, that's where it gets. So when you were talking about how if you want to choose those other methods, of course, crack on. It's like, why would you care? And I, and I couldn't agree more. Where for me, there's a, crack on. another layer to that. Is that an English one as well? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Crack on. Yeah, Chuffed, man. Chuffed, your, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Happy yeah. days. <laughs> yeah, they can. Uh, you can crack on. For me, um, with the owner's perspective, cool. Where, and um, we're probably going to now go down the tangent of um, kind of PO versus kind of our methodologies. But... The thing for me, and this is why I love YouTube, genuinely, I love it so much, is that right now, because of the content that you're making, that we try and make, the other guys and girls out there making that content, 
the results are irrefutable at this point. Right. And, and I'm sure you get it all the time. I get accused of faking the results. And yeah. but it's like, we obviously we have to edit our videos to make them fun. But um, I hand on heart, I keep all of our raw footage. If anyone ever accuses us of faking it or starting a film in a session and then I'm coming back three weeks later and making it look like I did it in five minutes. And mm-hmm. but yeah, no, you can come and watch the raw footage. Joe films every second of every session and then we edit it down. You're welcome to see the footage. For me, the beauty of YouTube though, again, went off on a tangent there, is um, no, again, the results are irrefutable. And this is a, a mistake though that I think that people in our kind of sphere of training make the problem is that once i think prior to youtube you could debate or at least other methodologies would say that our results don't work or that science has Mm -hmm. proven that our results don't work now again i told my story at your seminar about kind of the science and we can talk about that here later as well about why there's no science kind of backing our methodologies but regardless of the science YouTube has allowed us to, from a place of love and kindness and through entertaining and engaging content, the results are irrefutable now at this point. The problem is all all that that leaves the people on the other side of, I'll just call it a conversation because I don't want to sound like I'm buying into an argument because I don't want it to be an argument. I'll have the conversation, but the conversation then becomes around morals and ethics. And Mm. Okay, you can say, okay, cool. People like me, people like you, we can have these dramatic transformations. The only debate left is whether it is morally and ethically um, acceptable to utilize those methods. Now, the problem that I find um, from kind of an optics perspective is that we, if we're not careful, can very, very quickly fall into the, we're the big mean bullies using the harsh tools and they can take the high ground of um, morality and ethics. And as soon as that conversation devolves into an argument, um, it very quickly, I think, can, the narrative can be spun that mm. our results are only capable or achievable through the fact that we're big, mean, aggressive people, which, again, is another reason why I go out of my way to show it from a place of love and kindness um, as opposed to I'm the big – and, again, I understand I'm a big guy, bearded, tattooed. The optics can look that way, but hopefully as soon as people can hear me talk and watch my videos, they understand that that's not the case. And um, it's why it's why it gets me really excited seeing so many young, especially female trainers in the balance community exploding because it's so cool now to, well, it only works for you because you're such a big, strong, scary guy, Will. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Go and check out a number of these amazing young petite female trainers. You, again, right. your arguments mute, and again, and they're doing it from a place of educated kindness and love. Um, and it's a, a piece of the puzzle. Again, just a little tidbit I wanted to throw out for anyone that's listening is, is to be careful not to fall into that trap. Again, I'm sure you've seen it, and we're we're out here doing all this work to try and be positive 
kind advocates for our methodology and hopefully one thing that i love i get it this will be a thing for you mate because um i've had the people have told me the conversations about you again i'm trying to build a better community in the uk around balanced trainers and bring balanced trainers together that share this kind of kindness and empathy and i've had meetings with them and they've come and we get chatting and they tell me stories of how they've had clients come to them and they're like oh i was watching this video on youtube and this guy did this thing uh with the dog and then i, I couldn't find anyone and i googled and i found that you say you're a balanced trainer so can you help me with that similar thing and mm. the trainer be like, oh yeah cool God, what video was it you were watching and it's often mine or your video uh, when mm. those those other trainers tell me that i've got goosebumps telling you the story i'm like that's fucking awesome i love it because of our videos, we're helping people in our community get work and book clients yeah. and then therefore be able to change the lives of dogs themselves because of the kind of work in terms of advocacy that we're doing, not only for tools, but the methodologies in general and showing that we're not just all big, mean bullies. <laughs> and again, that I really want to encourage people that kind of are already on board with us. And I imagine I'd, I'd be interested, I imagine the... Um, the people that listen to this are very much kind of your diehard fans themselves, but the, there is, there's trickle effects and you don't have to have the level of following that we have to be able to make an impact and a difference in that because it kind of spreads. And in terms of a community of people trying to help dogs, we all benefit. Um, and yeah, it might be us making some videos that then get people on Google searching for local balance trainers. And they're like, well, I can't book in with Tom or I can't book in with Will, but I can try and find somebody mm. that trains in their kind of fashion or their style or that does utilize these tools. And it, it's a beautiful thing and going kind of full circle. And then I'll see a piece of content from a balance trainer that is just going off swearing at the camera aggressive yep. shouting about um that's the head of situations where if there's one time where i get a bit frustrated it's i'm a bit like oh man all the work we do mm -hmm. and then someone watches this and then boom with a it's so easy to spin that narrative of us being the bad guys i'm saying yep. the bad guys with yep. um speech marks um but again it's something that i really want to encourage people that are in the community and by listening to this i'm sure that they are um that that's an important thing yeah. to note again I, from the data that we see it, it has such a huge impact um and here in the UK in particular, in terms of not getting these tools banned, um, if anyone else is listening to this that is here in the UK as well, the last thing we need right now is people going online and screaming and shouting and effing and blinding and swearing and cursing at people and then saying remote collars are awesome. Because do you think there's anyone in any decision-making right. power that's going to watch right. that and go, oh, well, that right. guy's clearly using them in a nice way because isn't they a lovely person? Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what I was saying earlier about be careful what tribe you subscribe to and be careful who you're, who you're connected with and who you're listening to and who you follow and who you're educated by. You get this person that's like, yeah, blah, 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 I am, ooh, and I have to, and I'm the, and they should, and ooh, and, uh, and, and okay, let's mm. go train dogs. What? No, mm -hmm. no, 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 yeah. no, 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 mm -hmm. no. I, I, I don't, that, that's, that's fake to me. Like, I don't, I don't like that shit. Like, I am not, like, mm -hmm. I remember this one time we were doing this TV special for a network and one of the producers asked my wife, Taylor, she wasn't my wife at the time. They said, what's one thing, this is, I don't know, whatever. She said, what's one thing that, people are surprised by with Tom after meeting him. They said, well, they're surprised by how much he doesn't change. 
because there's some people that are com- boom they're completely different mm-hmm. human being and my so my point is is that's fake i hate that shit don't be mm-hmm. fake i mean mm-hmm. don't be fake that's that's like the worst but anyway you gotta be careful if you get somebody it's like you know they got the ring light on and they're like looking at the camera and they're on you know tiktok and instagram they're like look guys i'm not saying i'm the best <clears throat> but I'm the best, and this guy or this girl sucks. Let me tell you why this person sucks. Mm-hmm. And I, we've had this conversation mm-hmm. before. I'm like, man, I don't even have time for lunch. How are you doing this? Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a game where I kind of want to hook that person and be like, yeah, cool, man. It, like, do you want to? Do you want help with kind of YouTube stuff? Do you want a job? We can get. You got all that, that extra yeah, time. That energy. <laughs> That's what it. Put that energy into creating yeah. some dope YouTube videos or. And you might find that you'll be in this position as well. Yeah, yeah. All right, as a quick potty break that I'm taking, I want to talk about the No Bad Dog Members Club. Now, some of the things that Will and I are talking about creating the community, creating a safe place, creating a place that we can all kind of agree on something. We can all work together, even though we all don't have the exact same philosophy and we all don't have the exact type of training style or even the, the resources to train the same. The No Bad Dog community is listed in the link below. You guys can join it. It's exactly what Will and I are talking about on this club. It's a, it's a private club with like-minded people trying to help each other out, try to empower each other. Lots of positivity. Good mornings. I hope everyone has a good day. And of course you guys get the fully released, unreleased, um, footage of me. If you like my YouTube videos, then you'll love the members club is the YouTube videos are 20 minutes. The member club full length videos are an hour, sometimes two hours long. You're also getting the uncut stuff of all the different seminars that I'm doing that don't end up on YouTube. So if you're interested in joining the community, it's 19.99 a month. It's like 60 cents a day. Um, and it's just kind of supporting what Will and I are talking about as well as getting back, uh, you know, the community as well as more importantly, all of the content that is in there that you guys can kind of chew on. So link is in the description below. Let's get back to it. So, so that that's something that uh, going back to what you were saying about the um, like the faking thing, I've never really gotten people thinking that what I did because I did it so quickly was fake. But I did this. Some people just don't get it, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's and that's that's the thing, right? We talked about this earlier. Is like, what are we? Are we creators or are we dog trainers? Because it's hard to be both, and it's hard to to talk to. That's why you and I get along so well, and. Um, because we're just in the same, we, we get it. Right. And so if I'm trying to make a video, this is, this is something that's interesting that I found recently that people, this one person in a comment says, Tom, Tom Davis cares more about views than dogs. He's, he's all, you can see right through it because of his clickbait or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I was so taken back by that. I'm like, wait a minute. What? That's really what, what you think? Well, you don't know anything about the internet then because Mm -hmm. imagine if you and I made these videos where it was titled another German shepherd coming in that was poorly bred handled by an elderly lady and man that couldn't handle their dog training. Mm -hmm. Imagine or, 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 or uh, the the paper that came out that says another politician is a scumbag (laughs) or uh, you, so it's just so interesting that some people don't get it and they use these very, easy things to you as a target, which is interesting. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, Will, but there's this, 
Well, it happens all the time. And people think that you're money obsessed or greedy or uh, ambitious. And uh, people accuse me of all those things and, and using dogs as a, a vehicle to kind of grow businesses yeah. and platforms. It's, I get it. And again, uh, when I first saw some of those things, like you said, it took me back. I was like, whoa. It's weird. It's that, it's weird. I, I have to forget though sometimes that people don't, uh, their perception, they might have seen me for 15 seconds on a reel that they don't necessarily as much as I'm authentic they don't necessarily know me so when mm. someone makes a snap judgment of me that's so far from reality it, it stings um and it's it can be upsetting but the again going back to it's just the same thing we like I say a lot of my stuff and work is around reactivity and pulling and we make videos on those topics but like if we titled it boring and did a boring thumbnail it'd get five percent the amount of views now you might see that as us being like oh they only care about views but going all the way back to what we said earlier if if we're smart and title and thumbnail a video well that's the difference between a video doing a quarter of a million views and five thousand so why would you not? Because that's a quarter of a million people helped by that piece of mm. content. That's a quarter of a million dog owners that now may have never heard of a prong yeah. collar or kind of our style. And, and of course, yes, there's kind of business ramifications to wanting things to do well as well. Um, and anyone that I think would criticize that, um, it's I can't imagine them crazy. ever, ever being in the same position never. and then not thinking that that's obvious. Well, they just... Uh, it's, it's just such it, it's crazy. It's crazy, man. It's it's like it and that's the thing is like this this whole dog trainer slash creator thing is so new mm -hmm. that the old not old, but the old school trainers are looking at it like are these young guys like you know, like I didn't see a yeah. I didn't see aggressive German Shepherd, I saw a scared German Shepherd, and you're like, dude, yeah, 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 I yeah. fucking know, bro. <laughs> like that's not the point. And it's and yeah. and I saw that comment the other day and I just I just put my head down, I was like Oh my God. You know, did the whole like Robert Downey Jr. eye roll thing. I'm like, seriously, yeah. like you, you, you know, you, you're, that's what I mean, man. Is like you, the, they're just looking. That's why I'm so careful about, I try to be authentic and transparent and no bullshit, uh, you know, and, and it was just so, I just was so taken back by that comment. I'm like, wait a minute. You really think mm -hmm. that because I made a clickbaity thumbnail or a clickbaity title, I'm trying to trick people? Because mm -hmm. once they watch the, it's in my, I told my sister about we were, me and my my sister's kind of a creator too in her own way. Um, she's she's brilliant, and we were talking about um, that we were laughing about this, right? And she's like, "Well, wait a minute, clickbait is actually clickbait, but if you." titled something that is catchy and it actually happened it's not clickbait and it's a video so it's not a tabloid to get you to read to put a bunch of ads on it's happening in front of you exactly. and, and i'll jump in here from yeah. a youtube perspective yeah. of how youtube works for people that don't understand that yes the thumbnails and titles are important but uh, you know this but people listening might not view duration is far more important so if you title and thumbnail your video in a way that's clickbaity people land on that video within 10 seconds go hold on this tom upstate canine academy guys fucking having me on here and clicks off youtube will bury and squash that video mm -hmm. They, but if someone clicks on that video because it was a catchy title and catchy thumbnail, they land on the video and go, "Oh shit, this video is awesome, packed full of value," and the view, the, their average view duration of that video is high, then YouTube are like, "Oh sweet, 
people are clicking on this video a lot and they're watching it for a long time. Uh -huh. So then they'll push that video. You can't get away with just clickbaiting people and it being fake because it shows people just click away. They don't watch the video. They don't watch another one of your videos. Definitely not. They mm. don't subscribe. They don't like and YouTube will just bury you. But if people are watching because it's high value, right. high quality content and YouTube will push you. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe 10 years ago, back in the day of YouTube, you could. But right now, you, you gotta have you're it. where you are for a reason. Yep. Because YouTube is pushing your content because that all of their algorithms created by some of the smartest people in the world is telling their system that that is a high-value piece of content that's keeping them on the platform. So anyone that's out hating, out, I'll militantly defend you here, bro. You keep clickbaiting <laughs> away and making them thumbnails. Those videos wouldn't perform if they didn't if it was clickbait because people yeah. wouldn't watch and YouTube wouldn't push it. That's just the facts of how YouTube works. I know. I, I just was so taken back by that, that mm. they're, they're, they're just looking for these like, oh, did you see that? You know, mm -hmm. it, oh, you know, and it's like, dude, calm yeah. on, bro. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, it, and it's like this whole, it's, it's, it's just this whole thing, man. It's just this weird, weird place where um, there was this one time too where, and I've said this so many times, but I want to chat about it with you because it's interesting. In the same, in the same thread of like a comment like that, I'll get people to say, "Yeah, uh, yeah, Tom Davis is a fraud. He he um, f uh, hires actors for his videos." And I'm like, <laughs> "Seriously?" I've had that one as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? What? You know, I can't get. First of all, the act. If if I got actors, these people would be on the academy. I mean, I wouldn't be able to afford them for some of the mm -hmm. shit that they say and do. And but yeah. th but there was this one video that I openly said that I I hired actors for to simulate a situation that happened at my facility when we weren't filming. And these things happen all mm -hmm. the time. And so I said in the video, and I said in the description. And if you watch it, you can tell like it's some people and I and I kind of feel bad because some people don't read. Right. They just look at it and they're like, this is huh, fake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of here. What a loser. And out of the I don't know how many videos I've done, hundreds, hundreds of videos, um, there was one. And the cool thing. So it was the video about the guy that was um, the big he was actually my he's actually my friend his name's kevin he's a great dude and then his his friend is also a colleague that is an actress in new york city and they came they came over and we did this simulation of a guy getting upset about the remote collar usage and he tries to mm -hmm. fight me right in the video i said this is this is an act this is a simulation this isn't real in the description i said this is an act this is a simulation this is not real and there's still people that are like that guy on oh the oh the YouTuber yeah the guy who hires everybody okay mm -hmm. first of all I, I done it once and I did it for the right reasons right and and if you, and if you read between the lines and you're a normal human being and you understand like all of the information was just as valuable there was a little mm -hmm. bit of dramatization in there but again it's the only time I've ever done it I'll probably never do it again and if I ever do it again I'm gonna come on the screen like this I'm gonna go hey this isn't <laughs> real. These are hired actors, right? Because you almost have to be because there's just people who are looking for any type of like, they, you slip, mm -hmm. dude, you slip a little bit. Whew, they're like, oh, I've been waiting to take yeah, you down yeah, yeah. because mm -hmm. you were you were growing. People like you and I fucking hate it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah. so interesting enough, that video from my understanding is 
possibly the the most viewed e-collar video on the internet. I don't know mm. 100%. It's about at a million views. Specifically on introducing and debunking myths and assumptions of the remote collar and how it's used. So you look at the micro mm. and macro. You get the you get people down here they're like, "It's fake." And then you get the macro of it's viewed a million times by people who are, and the amount of comments on there that are people like, dude, you've changed my whole perspective. I didn't know any of that stuff because it hit so many people. Mm -hmm. So I, I labeled it as guy tries to fight me or something like that. And there's people that are like, well, that, oh, that, oh, that guy, he's a, well, yeah, mm -hmm. he's not real dog trainer. He's, and it's, it's almost weird. Like as soon as you get big or as soon as you get a big following, things change. People are hyping you up. Mm -hmm. You're the best. You're the best. You're the best. Do this. Do this. Do this. I can't wait. Yeah, this is great. Ba ba ba. You get to this point, and then things just start to escalate down. Where they're like, "Whoa, whoa, don't get too big. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, mm -hmm. I just saw somebody in the street wearing your merch. That's not cool. They're not wearing mm -hmm. my merch. That's weird. Mm -hmm. And then they start to backtrack and they start to yeah, recluse yeah. out of the situation. And you and I are just can't mm -hmm. keep doing our things. But I just going back to what you were saying about people calling you. It's just so interesting that if you wear the wrong sneaker, people are like, "Oh." You see, you see that the sneakers he's on and they go through this whole conspiracy theory of like, it's like, bro, I do not have time for that shit. I don't have time for your <laughs> shit. I got stuff mm -hmm. to do, but it is interesting, man. Like people just, it's a weird topic. And that's why it's so, that's why this podcast is so good to have you on. Cause you're in it. I don't, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it, I don't get to um, discuss a lot of this, you know, similar things. So, you know, and, and I also, th here's something I've been noticing too, which I find interesting, not bad, but interesting is if you look at if you look at a so here's something I have been finding and this isn't like a first of all there's a lot of positive only trainers out there that are fantastic way 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 better than me at obedience training way way better than me at marking and timing and whatever um and they don't care about balance training they don't talk about balance training they do their thing and so I, I don't want this podcast mm -hmm. to be this shame all of like positive only train. It has nothing to do with that. We're just, we're, you and I are talking about some things that we deal with on a regular that I know that our dog, um, people out there are going to find helpful. So I, I don't, I certainly don't mean to come off like this, but one interesting thing I've started to find is sometimes if I'm, I, I have this, here's, here's, and I want you to talk about this too, because I know that you've, you've gone through this is I have, so what I do, I get into a rabbit hole on social media and in my phone, right? So what I, what I have done is I said, once I post something, I'm off. I don't, I don't look at comments. I don't dig through. I don't do DMs. I don't do any of that shit because it's just bad. It's just toxic. And it's not necessarily like a, the, a bad thing of like looking at what people are saying because then I would have a huge ego if I just went through the comments of mm -hmm. you're the goat, you're the best. I don't like that shit. I, I need to stay grounded. I need to stay humbled. I can't listen. Talking about Gary Vee, he says, you know, people care so much about hate comments because they feed into all the good comments and you get into a habit mm -hmm. of taking validation from strangers. It's good that people mm -hmm. like what I'm doing or what you're doing and they find value, but don't take it to heart because if you do that, then you have to take the other stuff to heart of people who don't know you as well. So mm -hmm. what I've been doing, um, and this just goes for just mental health and social media in general, um, from if anybody is out there that, you know, maybe finding themselves on their phone for 10 hours a day, is maybe just, I, I post something and then I bounce, I'm off. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, um, I have Elena, my assistant, um, she's our PA, she's, um, she works specifically, like she's my 
personal assistant. She's not with my business. She will mm-hmm. go. She will go through and and do comments, and I'll reply some, you know, to to some things. But my my point is, is you know, I know you struggled with some of that before, and you took a big hiatus on like I got to get out of here. And mm-hmm. what I I've gone through those things too, where I'm like, there's been weeks where I'm just on my fo- every every second I'm on my phone, just damage control, making sure everything's cool, making sure there's mm-hmm. no this or there's no that. Um, so one thing I found interesting. I, and and I want to ask you this too is I've started to find like if somebody's like if somebody goes onto your page and they say something really negative or nasty about you they just don't like what you're doing it has nothing to do with mm-hmm. the skills you have it has nothing to do with like how good of a father or husband you are it has nothing to do with how good of a person you are there there's something that's in you know Hate, hurt people hurt people there's something that's in them that goes oh i got to tear this person down because they're 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 mm-hmm. they're too big or they're they're they got too much attention i got to tear them down and then i go to their profile and i saying the same th- things i said before about going through the comments and things like that is because this is where it comes into play is and then you look and it says science based trainer or r plus trainer immediately in their profile that mm-hmm. to me what does that tell you that tells me that they're more interested in telling people about their philosophy than they are about their outcomes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're more interested to Absolutely. say, this is, this is how I train just so you know, and you know, mm-hmm. we're strangers, so we don't really care. But it's like, if you're going to label your profile on your ideology before people mm-hmm. even know who you are, doesn't, don't you think that that tells you a lot about what, what what they're actually after are they are they after their ideology and h- how they believe themselves or are they actually helping dogs mm-hmm. that's interesting i've been noticing that science based this to me those are red flags mm-hmm. where i'm like okay so you're yelling from the rooftops like that's mm-hmm. your go- your goal is really to tell people how you think not how you do mm-hmm. yeah yeah so yeah, we could go down a philosophical, theological rabbit hole right now because I have tons of thoughts on this exact thing. I'd like to hear but it. But I think, um, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I think it all simmers down, I think, to kind of a human deep desire to belong. Mm. And I think um, it, you can call it tribalism. Um, I th- again, I don't know how kind of deep you want to go down off this this topic but i think um what i notice i think it's the rise of social media um and then i think uh, the rise of people living their lives online and not through traditional forms of community um Mm. like that's a good way being a part of your kind of um religious group the church that you go to being a part of your kind of community in person I think is a innate human need and desire. And I think the more we come away from that and move online, the more people are finding that innate desire and community in, and their ideology it was a beautiful, that's just the, the, exactly the right word. They're finding that ideology in their online communities. Um, and I think they then latch on to that. Uh, and then find themselves in that echo chamber of finding validation, self-worth, all of those things from their community. And then through that, through that kind of tribalistic way of living uh, and mindset, 
people will then start to kind of go outwardly aggressive towards the people that are either threatening towards mm. their community, their ideology, um, their belief system, whatever it is that they've latched onto, um, and yeah, try and tear other people's down. I think it's, it's a fascinating subject. It is. Away from dog stuff, that kind of philosophy and human nature and psychology it's a, a huge passion of mine in studying those things. But I th- uh, to summarize, I would I would think that that's where that comes from. I think a lot of people, especially in in that community, find a lot of self worth and community from being a part of it. So then naturally you want to sing that from the rooftop. So you've got it in your bio and in your descriptions and in your logos and you're posting about it all the time and you're in their echo chamber where people are giving the love hearts and the thumbs up and the dopamine response that that then gives them and it furthers them wanting to do it more and then the addiction of social media sets in and Mm. yeah i think it's a weird um, thing very slippery slippery slope and it's interesting so we're we're in the business of social media Uh, Mm. again we've got uh, hundreds of thousands of followers across multiple platforms but me personally i have no personal social media other than my instagram and even my Instagram, you call it kind of posting and bounce. I call it post and ghost. I go on, I post, and I'm done. I'm out. My DMs, I'm very, very, very careful with. Um, I've got, I use kind of my primary in general. So there's people like you that we kind of mostly talk through that. So I have my folder of people that are like, cool, this is positive online interactions with these people. Mm. And I'll check those, but requested and general. Uh, make sure I'm in a good place before I delve into that. Um, it's funny, actually, off air, I'd like to pick your brains a bit more about kind of how you have your setup with mm-hmm. kind of PAs and stuff, because that's something that I'm looking at putting a job advert out for that exact thing as well um, to kind of help me manage this. Um, it's something for my own personal mental health. I um, Yeah, I got something I on that. Really, yeah, cool. I'll let you jump in, but I think it's a, a, a aside from dog training, just humans in general. I think it's a, and I kind of know the documentaries that you're talking about, and I've watched them all as well. And yeah, I couldn't believe more that um, you've got to be you've got to be so careful with social media, even though we're in the business of it, and kind of see that there's a lot of beauty to it, but man, there's a lot of danger in there as well. How much time do you have, Will? You got you got time? You good? Oh yeah, I'm free, mate. I'm free all okay, night. Okay, good. So. Interesting. Six hours, bro. I challenge you. That's a six hour <laughs> podcast. I'm down, dude. I think, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, it, dude, it's, it's interesting because, okay. So going back to, and this is just me being personal and kind of vulnerable, um, obviously publicly, but going back to what you were saying about, um, setting your life up, there's, there's some things that I've done in my life as an, as a man, as a young man, as a husband, um, and, uh, as a business owner and you know, people don't realize that being a, you like being online and doing what you do is a full, just being a YouTuber is a full-time job. hundred percent. Like you're at a point, I'm at a point where YouTube is a full-time job and then you have everything else, your business to run, your employees, yada, yada, yada. So I, the reason why I got excited because I remembered you know the Steel guy, the YouTuber that does the steel work stuff? Alex, I think is his name. Alex, Alex Steel, yeah. Great dude. Dude, he changed my life. Amazing. Amazing, right? I'll tell you this story. This is great. So he messaged me years ago, probably two years ago, and he's like, hey, man, 
Uh, love your stuff. It's it's excellent. If you're ever out this way, let me know because he has a shop out west, and um, he's like, I'd love to connect, and you know, you've helped me with my dog, whatever, whatever it was. I can't remember. I'm like, yeah, man, thanks, no worries. He's like, yeah, I'm a YouTuber. Like, if you need any help with anything, let me know. I'm like, oh, dude, appreciate that. And I saw his YouTube. I'm like, yeah, this guy's got like a million subscribers. He's in it, you know? That's the thing about YouTube is it doesn't, like TikTok, you can, I can tell a, a breakup story on TikTok and get a million followers. TikTok doesn't, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good, it's, yeah. I, I'm not talking down on it or anything, but you gotta be, your validation on TikTok is, is getting to people's heads and you gotta be careful about that. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, so, but having a million subscribers on youtube is a big effing deal that is like having your own netflix just bigger people all the time are like mm-hmm. when are you gonna get your own show i'm like i have mm-hmm. it it's right here yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know mm-hmm. uh, people don't it, understand that when they the amount yeah. of views that a netflix show gets compared to the views that your videos get people yeah. would be shocked to know how much uh-huh. more your viewership is sorry go on go on no 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 no, no no yeah 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 no i, I love that and that's true and it's but, funny I'm a, I'm a big alec fan i watch a lot of his videos i'm setting up a bit of a forge myself to get into blacksmith stuff hell yeah and, i could see so you yeah, doing go that on, go on, go on. very uh viking shit so yeah yeah so he messaged me and he said this stuff and I said, all right, man, that's cool. Thank you. And then, you know, every now and then he'd message me about something and, um, just a nice guy, just wanting to help. Mm-hmm. And I find mm-hmm. that like you help people and people help you, you know? And I find that mm-hmm. in my, in my, my no bad dog army is what I call it. And, um, it's cool. So I remember one day he messaged me and he's like, have you ever thought about hiring? Um, a, because before I have my now videographer. I would do everything. So mm-hmm. I would fi- I would fi- I was the director, the producer, the editor, the launcher, everything. Mm-hmm. I was everything. And I know you probably were too at some point and most creators are. And mm-hmm. so I would go out and film, I'd set up the camera, I'd get my wife, my now wife to maybe hold a camera if I was lucky. I'd get anybody. I'd get one of my trainers mm-hmm. and be like, "Hey, hold this camera for a second. This would be a good one. This going to help a lot mm-hmm. of people, man. Let's get this, you know. Let's get these." So I would just hustle that way. I would do the training. I'd throw everything in a bag. I'd go home. I'd eat dinner. And I'd sit there and edit. Every waking moment I had, I was editing. Every. I remember them days, bro. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Every waking moment I had, I was editing. I was getting the next video out. And it took two days, two hours, four to six hours. just depends. I mean, it, and, mm-hmm. and I evolved. And I just love creating. It's something I really like to do. And I know a lot of people don't have the ability to do that editing and to figure out, oh my gosh, color grading, mm-hmm. transitions, where to put the music, where not to put the music, <laughs> um, how to balance out your audio, how to balance out your exposure. I mean, there's so much to editing. Like, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. I could probably, it's just a whole freaking thing, right? And if you can have both, which I think that I am blessed with, from the beginning is I, I can do the actual in front of camera work, but I can also do post, which a lot of people mm-hmm. can't. They just, they're not, maybe it's because where they grew up or how they grew up. I was, I'm very good on the final cut pro. Like I can, I can put shit together. Oh, you're not a final cut guy. Yeah. Just get Apple, on the Adobe hype. Nah, I, I, you know, it's just, I just am an Apple guy. So final cut came so natural to me. And I, I learned mm. for years, bro, all of quarantine, I learned how to, edit sharper so I was editing for years by myself and I can just remember coming home with a plate of food in front of me and just typing there's rice all over my keyboard my wife is like <laughs> you know not talking to me because I'm just I'm got my earphones and I'm locked in it's not a joke man it's a freaking grind to get to have the audience on a full on a on a long con- on the on the biggest 
one of the big, it's the biggest long form content on social media, period. And it is king. Yeah. If you can get, if you can create an audience there, you're the real deal. You know, 100%. you're, you know, so anyway, he messaged me and, you know, we kind of go back and forth and he said, have you ever thought about hiring an editor? And I said, yeah, it's just really hard because I, it's hard, you know, and I've, and I've done it. I've, I've trialed and errored. I've trialed and errored. I, had, I do, I did have a dude, his name is Adam that traveled with me. We did like little mini tours and he was good and he was great, but he was working for another company. And I was like, dude, I need commitment. Like I need, like I'm, I'm, I haven't begun. I know you're the mm-hmm. same ambition, ambition. I, I haven't even, I haven't scratched the, I feel like I, 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 this last year was great because we had the dog trick collab and, um, we're about to hit a half a million subscribers on YouTube. And I feel like I'm finally like, all right, I'm kind of starting to scratch the surface here, but I'm just getting started. Right. So I told him, no, I've tried. It's hard, blah, blah, blah. And he said, listen, the best thing he goes as a YouTube creator, we all love to edit, but you're not going to be able to grow mm-hmm. your life without having somebody really full-time to do this. And he's like, it's the best thing I've ever done. And I said, oh, yeah, you're right. So after that, he basically he said, you you have to, if you can buy your time back, it's the most valuable thing you can do in your life, 100%. Mm-hmm. Get your time back with your wife and your dogs and your family and to watch a, a show. I remember like sitting down and watching a, a Netflix special would give me anxiety. I would be like, I got to go mm-hmm. work. I got to go work because there's always editing to do. There's always mm-hmm. something else to do. And so when I was in my 20s, it was, it was a little bit easier because... I just was, right? I was just like, you know, I didn't care about sleep. I didn't care about eating right. I didn't care about mm. health or working out. I didn't say, I didn't want to care. I just wasn't, it wasn't a, a huge thing. So he said that. He said, if you, if you invest into somebody to give you back your time, you will be a happier human. Mm. I've taken that and going back to the assistant and I'll talk about some other things. It is, it has made my quality of life so much better. So hopefully he listens to this podcast because I know he's a fan of you mm-hmm. and I know he's messaged me before and that changed my life. So I hi- so after that, I trialed a couple different people. It wasn't working out because they lived in different places and it was COVID and it was weird and they didn't want to travel and I was like ready to go and they weren't and it was like this whole thing. So then I, so then I subbed people out. So then what I would do is I would cut the bones out because they don't know anything about dog training. They don't know what's good or they don't yeah. know what's bad. So mm-hmm. I had to, I had to do the bones of the, the actual episode and then I would send it out for transitions, music, color grading, uh, effects, logo placements, etc., titles, mm-hmm. whatever. And in that I did that for probably a year until I until I found Abby and Abby is now my full-time everything with production and um she's great because she was a fan of mine or I should say she was a follower of mine that watched my stuff. She knows dog training. Cause she's watched me for as long as she did. Cause I, I helped her with her shepherd online, mm-hmm. you know? So she knew, she knew my brand, she knew my training. So she kind of mm-hmm. fit right in perfectly. But going back to what is his name, Alec or Alex? Alec. Alec. So with well, a C. Okay. Going back to what Alec did as I said, man, so hiring Abby did change my life. It gave me back time. I was like, so then I hired a personal assistant and now she does all of my and Taylor's personal things, like anything. Right. Cause I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. if I can, if I can, and that's what I equate success to. If I can afford to hire people to make my quality of life better, that is success to me. It's not about a mm-hmm. million dollars in the bank. It's not about a big house. It's not about a fancy car. It's about if I can afford 
to do those things, to make my quality of life, to, for me to spend more time with my family, for me to spend mm -hmm. more time with my wife, for me to sp spend more time on my mental health and do yoga and do acupuncture and do cupping and do stretching and do running. I never got to do that before. So having mm -hmm. a personal assistant for doing anything is great because I know you're interested in that. And then I hired a chef. So I have a personal chef too. And so he's, he's in my house cooking and preparing lunches and breakfasts and dinners for me and Taylor. And because- Full time. Uh, three days a week. So three days. yeah, so he gives, so yeah, so he cook, he cooks, he's a, he's a catering chef, so he can't do weekends. So it works out. Um, I'm not at a point where I can afford full time. I don't know. Maybe in the future, somebody will just live. There. But the other thing is, is I was influenced from a lot of my clients really, mm -hmm. which was really cool. So working with different, um, A-list people, right? I've, mm -hmm. I've worked with some of the top of the top of the game. I've worked with the mm -hmm. top of the NFL with Patrick Mahomes. I've worked in the top of social media with Logan Paul. I've worked in so many. So I, I, I'm in their house. I'm, I'm, I'm involved. I'm so in it and I'm watching what they're doing. I'm like, what are you, how are you, how are you mm -hmm. sustaining everything? And they are 1 million times bigger and busier than me. How are you, what, mm -hmm. at what level are you at? And I watched how these people live their life. And that's what they do. They hire everybody mm -hmm. for every other thing because they can afford it and it gives them back mm -hmm. their time so they can be a human being and focus on what they're good at. And so hiring a personal chef was also great because when I came home, when I come home, he's in my kitchen cooking whatever he wants to cook and my wife and I can sit down and he serves us dinner and he does an appetizer, an entree and a dessert. Um, and then he does lunches for the next day. So when I'm doing stuff like this, I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to open up my fridge. I'm going to have a pre-packed lunch of something that I like and I've approved. I'm going to heat it up and I'm going to eat a healthy, nutritional meal. So I don't have to go out and waste time going to Chipotle or whatever mm -hmm. <laughs> and get something. So my point is, is this is just, you know, this is a podcast work, right? We're not just going to talk about dogs. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about life outside of working with dogs. And that has changed my life. What he said, because I, I said, so before it would be, work all day, rather in home or at the office, come home six o'clock, get, you know, get dinner going. My wife is a huge fitness person. She, she's, she's on the treadmill. She's working out. I'm doing the dogs. I'm mm -hmm. working with my dogs and then I'm getting dinner and then I'm cooking dinner and then I'm cleaning dinner. And then by the time it's mm -hmm. eight, eight 30, I'm exhausted and I'm, cr I'm cracked out. You know, I'm ready. I'm ready for, for bed. And now it's just so much better because everything's done. So I'm hanging on every word right now, bro. I've got a couple of questions for you. Let's do it. Because um, worth the investment. Yeah, it is because it, that's what I'm saying. Like if you, in my opinion, I've been thinking a lot about this as I grow and I, I my opportunities become greater as a, as a creator because of the hard work I've done for the last 14 mm -hmm. years of my life, right? I used to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I couldn't go on busy highways because my truck would fall apart and I would die. Right. I, mm -hmm. I, I lived in a tent for a long time mm -hmm. with my dogs because nobody would believe in what I wanted to do with life. I lived a really shitty life. My parents divorced mm -hmm. really early. I didn't have, you know, it, it wasn't tough. So what I'm doing now is mm -hmm. much different because like, so my definition of success and being able to afford something is mm -hmm. being able to do that. I don't have to look at, yeah. I don't have to look at the check when it's delivered, mm -hmm. when I'm going out to dinner. That is success to me. I don't mm -hmm. have to stress about it. I don't have to stress about paying mm -hmm. bills. I mean, that's, that is success mm -hmm. to me. So it's absolutely been worth it for those investments for me. I, I couldn't agree more with your definition of success. And like I said, this is something that um, 
and people might think we pre-prepared this and absolutely not but i have been thinking about exactly the same things as my kind of being transparent and honest was i am running myself into the ground yeah. right now i am full burnt out 100 hours a week have been for years mm-hmm. i've had multiple breakdowns in the past i'm mm-hmm. seeing warning signs of another one come in and i'm i'm in this headspace right now of trying to work out the same sounds like maybe i'm a few years behind where you got to with it but the first thing i've been thinking about is yeah i think i'm gonna hire a pa and Mm-hmm. There's been a yeah, so this is the question I asked, and don't take this um wrong at all. I um, won't. Did you at any point in making those decisions? I almost feel guilty. That's my honest answer. The idea of a personal assistant and a chef, and a chef in particular, because I'll be I have put on tons of weight since I started Fenrir. My health, I have just mm-hmm. given it zero. It's been the lowest of my priorities, and I know that it's terrible. And yep. I'm, I used to train MMA. I was used to love hiking and mountain biking. My fitness, it's, it's the biggest thing I regret of the last five years is letting my health go so bad. And now I'm trying to work out how can I kind of sustain as I carry the weight of I want to make sure the business is doing well because mm-hmm. the wage I pay people pays their mortgages and supports their families, and I don't want to let anything slip. But, uh-huh. man, I... I'm seeing the warning signs of the damage I'm doing to myself physically and mentally. So I'm thinking, okay, cool. PA, and again, not to sound big-headed, but again, I'm at a point where I can consider this financially. Um, Mm -hmm. But I get get close to it, and I've literally – do you use Canva? I don't know if you've heard of Canva. I've heard of it, yeah. It's like an online thing, awesome for templates for like anyone that wants to get into like Instagram and stuff. It's amazing for that. On my Canva account, I've got – adverts for instagram stories for a pa a marketing assistant and a chef and i've i've got to the point where i put them on my phone i'm like i'm gonna put this out and then i almost bottle it and i don't know what like i think maybe it comes from guilt of the success that or maybe it's uh i don't know what people might think of me if um i'm really like i said i quite admire your ability just to be so open about that um and i'm interested in your opinion on it yeah, because you're the only person I know. I, I hear of the big A-list celebrities have these things, but I'm like, yep. fuck! I'm just a dude making YouTube videos, and yeah, Fenrir is growing to be a big company, but feels yeah, I'm struggling to get over that hurdle to make those things happen. Yeah. Well, listen, man. You know, and and if anybody wants to like say bad things about me because I've worked hard enough to be able to afford a private chef so I can be healthy, I don't care. Same, mm-hmm. and you you shouldn't either. And and, and I'm the same way. Like I don't. I, that's why I, I I like if I'm around my friend, like my high school friends, like I don't tell mm-hmm. my other chef. I don't tell my yeah. other PA because that's weird. Mm-hmm. They would be like, "Dude, what?" Yeah. The? <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. It, you know. You know. I'm not hiding it, but I don't say it. It's kind of weird. It is mm-hmm. for sure. But talking to you, um, and then you know, you again, you know, I, I try to have podcasts where they're not interviews, they're conversations, and so this is the beauty of the podcast mm-hmm. is yeah. it's it's trend. People are listening in on a conversation of two colleagues, two friends talking about real shit, and mm-hmm. you know, it it it, it is um, okay. So if if I can af- again, if I can afford to hire a PA and a chef for me to to work and focus on my job right now, I'm talking to you, mm-hmm. right? So if anybody mm-hmm. needs me, if anybody calls me, if anybody, my assistant Elena will be right there. And, and if I say, hey, Elena, I need mm-hmm. you to go out and, you know, so you got to remember that, you, again, just like what Alex said, is if you can free your space of, I can focus more, 
I can I can be the best version of me if I have help because I also have a liability. I have an influence. I have 20 employees that all I have to be sharp, man. Mm-hmm. I have to be sharp, right? People don't again, yeah. people don't realize like oh the Tom Davis on mm-hmm. YouTube. I'm also a, a business owner, a scalable mm-hmm. international business owner, right? There's so much behind that that goes into it and so I have, you know, again 20 employees plus two gigantic buildings to pay for plus everything else that we do and if i can again logan logan paul was a great example watching what he did at his house or his, found his his compound and being involved with that and being at his house for over a week and seeing how somebody like that mm-hmm. operates i'm like okay not not many people get an opportunity to get that close to somebody at that level and you can see it. Mm -hmm. How do they do it? How do they do Mm -hmm. it? How do they deal with things? How do they deal with publicity? How do they deal with staying, you know, I get to see that stuff. Same thing with some of my other, you know, clients. I get to see how they're doing it. So I think, again, like if I can, Chef Ross is his name. If, If Chef Ross can make me and my wife a very healthy, that's what we told him. We want, she's pretty much, my wife is pretty much gluten free, semi dairy free she tries to stay super fit and non-bogged down which is good Mm -hmm. for me but if i can get the best lunches the healthiest lunches that energizes me to hop on this podcast with you and give people Mm -hmm. what they need to hear and if like what he'll do if i'm traveling like he'll come the night before and he'll cook taylor and i a a breakfast to go for the airport so if i'm traveling Mm -hmm. to atlanta to train on that day because it's an hour and a half two hour flight or michigan and I have a healthy breakfast. I don't have to worry about anything. I got my, I got everything done and I get there. I'm ready to go. I'm trying to make my life as efficient as, as possible. And, and again, mm-hmm. like I don't, I think it is, it, it's natural for us to like for Elena, my assistant, right? I tell her all, we are, we, um, I tell her all the time, like how appreciative and how grateful I am for her. And she has mm-hmm. like the best personality to be an assistant. She was an assistant before. We just met her mm-hmm. and we're like, hey, we're kind of looking. F-. And at first it was all part-time, right? So it wasn't mm-hmm. this big thing. Now she's on salary. Mm-hmm. So I have a salary PA just for my personal mm-hmm. stuff to help me be efficient and to help me um, do the things that I need to do on the daily. Not to cut you off, but while you're on that exact point, um, do you find the trust element of something so personal difficult to manage? <sighs> Absolutely. I think about it every day. And that's why you, you know, we've, I've been, you've listened to the podcast with Natalie Dopkins and I, mm-hmm. and we've been burned mm-hmm. by people who are snakes and they look. I was just about to say, I've got those stories mm-hmm. and that, that makes me put my walls up and mm-hmm. I feel like the bigger I'm growing and the success that's coming with it is making me more cynical and wary mm-hmm. of people. Same. Um, so it's the idea of, again, having someone so close that has access to my mm-hmm. such intimate personal details it makes me feel a bit nauseous um yeah man well yeah, i mean again curious of how you found that yeah it's hard i think about it every day bro because i've been burned so many times so my trust i have trust issues now you know that's why i told you yeah. in the beginning mm-hmm. is like bro i'm not going to trust you for a while because i've been burned by people just yeah, yeah. like you who want to be friends with me because i'm a dog trainer on the internet and so are you and whatever and people get mm-hmm. close to you and they you know you hear those stories of like people getting burned and you're like, oh, that would never happen to me. It does, dude. People are snakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're effing Absolutely. snakes, man. And they get in. That's their job, dude. They're scam artists, bro. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Yeah. And so, you know, 
you got to keep your the, the old saying of keeping your circle tight and your enemies tighter. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> you know, it, it you know NDAs help, right? I learned mm-hmm. that from walking into certain people's yeah, homes. Yeah, yeah. You walk into a celebrity's mm-hmm. home, they're like, "Hey, sign this. Don't look at anything. Don't yeah, talk yeah. to anybody. Don't even breathe. Sign this first. Okay, cool. You know, that I helped. wondered if that was the case. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But we got to you got you know because as an employer. I've had, I've, you know, over the time I've had people that have worked for me that are now gone that we are like, thank God they're gone. We've mm-hmm. had people that have worked for us that I just saw one of my past employees at a grocery store that she's working at. And we just had a lovely conversation about how her new yoga studio is doing good and how our wedding was and Taylor and I's wedding. And, you know, just, mm-hmm. I'm, I just, I just want to, you know, be a good fucking human, man. Like be a good mm-hmm. person. Like if you don't want to work for me or you have a problem, I don't care. That's fine, mm-hmm. but if there's anything I can do to, to help change it, make it better, please let me know. But if you if you don't if we d- agree to disagree, that's fine. I respect you, but um, you know it is difficult when you have somebody that's like for an example when Thompson passed away, right? The night he passed away, I had a house full of people. I had chefs, mm-hmm. I had my assistants. It was hard, mm-hmm. and they're there during those times. Yeah. Of very, but you you can't. It's hard, man. You know, especially they're, they're mm-hmm. in my. They're not like at my facility. Like I have my own employees. I'm a facility. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have management teams. I have receptionists. I have all of that over there, right at those two locations that we have. And now, my house is becoming an office for the mm-hmm. the the system and the foundation that I'm growing. Right. I'm you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say you can't do without it because I'm sure there's a lot of people who do. But I'm just at a point where Taylor, my wife, and I are still young. She's in her 20s. I'm mm-hmm. in my early 30s. Um, we're still at a point where we don't have a, you know, a huge bunch of kids running around where, you know, we're cleaning up diapers and yelling and screaming and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's definitely hard, but you, you, how are you going to grow? I mean, you gotta have, Mm -hmm. you gotta just keep those people who you trust and just, it's hard. You gotta keep your radar on, you gotta be tight and you gotta invite those people in at a risk. And then hopefully over time you can develop a relationship and trust them and know that if something for whatever reason goes south or whatever that I've never done anything bad to anybody and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, bad mouth them. Or if they leave, it's no, it's no worries. What are you going to say? Like, Oh, Tom likes his eggs over easy instead of over <laughs> medium because what an mm-hmm. asshole, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, you got to mm-hmm. be real, you know, mm-hmm. look at Joe Rogan, what he's going through right now. It's like, yeah. yeah, he makes mistakes. He's, he's in the public eye, but he, he's a real human being that makes mistakes. What are you going to do? Bash him for, for making mistakes. I mean, he's openly saying like, yeah, I messed up and here's the context of the situations. So there's always going to be that. But anyway, yeah, man, it's something to think about. And like I said, you just got to keep the people that are down with you, that you trust tight. Don't let them go pay them enough for, for them to stay around for a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. You know, that's what you got to do is you got to keep them, you got to keep them happy. You got to be on the same page. You have to have lots of communication Every day I'm like, hey, you guys, everyone's good. We're all happy. You know, is there anything I can do for you? Um, because it is tough to say, hey, Elena, I want you, I need you to go pick up my dry cleaning. I need you to go drop this off at the mail. I need you to call Samsung because my subwoofer and my surround sound is not working. I need you to, mm-hmm. to go down to the facility and meet with a contractor to replace the tiles. And then I need you to pack up 47 orders. Cool? Yeah, no problem. That's, I mean, she, you know, mm-hmm. we have it. We ha- that's what she likes to do. She likes to help people. She likes to help us. And the other thing cool mm-hmm. about her is she also sees what I'm doing and she, she, she mm-hmm. really sees the bigger picture. And she's like, I am just happy to be involved in what's going on because this is going that's to be awesome. Yeah. But it's not, mm-hmm. 
it's hard, man. You, I mean, I have, I have other, mm-hmm. you know, I have cleaning companies that come. I have mm-hmm. all these, but you, but that's my definition of of being able to be successful is to be able to, to sustain that success. And you can't, mm-hmm. you, as you get bigger, like whatever team you have around you right now, you're gonna have to invest into a bigger team as you grow because you're not gonna be able to sustain it because you're doing all these different things. You know, mm-hmm. like I got a message the other day on Instagram. It was somebody from the Today Show, which is a big um, news thing here. And I'm like, I don't even trust this. I don't, I don't know. I don't trust this person. You know, I'm like, I, my trust mm-hmm. issues are, I'm like, I don't know if this is real. Is this a scam? Is this, what do you want mm-hmm. from me really? You know, I'm, I'm very, I have my, my walls up. Anyway, yeah, man, I would suggest it. And that guy, Alec, um, because I've seen you post them, dude. And, and I remember yeah, being like, oh, out. hell yeah, dude. I'm like, that's mm. the guy who changed my life. And it was really just a, it was really just a, if you can invest into getting your time back with the things that matter most to you, do it. So I'm yeah. not right. Like, it seems like, go on in. Oh, I was just going to say like, I couldn't do the merch. Like, so we have the No Bad Dog Members Club, which is uh, mm-hmm. probably almost a full-time job at this point, managing it, doing setting up the lives, mm-hmm. doing communications, doing customer support, cancellations, um, refunds for whatever reason, like whatever. And then there's my merchandise, which is in my basement, mm-hmm. which is another almost full-time thing. The No Bad Dogs merchandise mm-hmm. is a whole business in itself that is mm-hmm. pumping orders out all over the world that is being distributed by my social medias with my Instagram, my TikTok and my podcast and my YouTube. It's this whole ecosystem and we're all like on the same page. We're all vibing. We're all cool. We listen to music. We chill. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to drink? You want to smoke weed? I don't care. Let, let's just hang out. Let's have a good time. Let's help dogs. Let's grow this community um, and let's be, you know, let's build trust and let's have empathy towards each other. And it's just one big positive momentum ecosystem i love it love it i say uh, kind of uh, as fenrir as a company sounds very similar to the vibe that we have and kind of joe was my version of that um Mm -hmm. same thing did everything myself then my wife did a bit with me um and then i made that huge decision i remember at the time it being like holy shit i'm employing someone full time um and that Mm -hmm. was joe and he's since then yeah. yeah, you met him. He's kind of yeah, ride cool. or die wingman right now, um, and that kind of yeah built kind of the Fenrir foundations. But now it's kind of almost like with my personal stuff, with my personal brand, starting to kind of get those things in line. Is a uh, I don't know. I see it as a bit more of a complicated picture, but I suppose I shouldn't. It's a similar principle of growing the team at Fenrir, let Fenrir become the beast that it is. Um, I start to yeah, I definitely start investing in that. You just got to, you just got to, yeah. And I think my advice is, and just, it just goes for anybody. And it doesn't matter if you're signing up for yoga classes or you're, mm-hmm. you know, anybody out there, um, is you, you just got to be ready for it. Don't overwhelm yourself. Mm-hmm. If you can't afford it right now, that's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not a, I think that that's what some people, um, you know, they just want the external, like, oh, you have that. Not just me. I'm just saying, like, in general, I just think because of social media, people are like, oh, you, I, I, you know, I, I want that. Like, how do you, I remember this one time I, when I was in, this was actually, I don't know, five years ago. I was in LA doing a seminar. Um, and I had actually my oldest videographer with me, Jason. And he actually was my photographer at the time. And he turned into my videographer. This was my oldest, oldest, OG media person and I remember this one trainer came up to me in the LA seminar and he goes and he he sees you know um Jason kind of following me around with the camera and um 
he said, how do you get that? Like, how do you get to that point? And I'm like, um, it, it, you could just tell, like he wanted, he wanted, he wanted more, he wanted more of the aesthetic of having somebody follow you around than the actual need of mm. somebody following you around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, bro, you mm-hmm. got to have the distribution. Like, if you don't have distribution, mm-hmm. then you can't pay for this. Like, don't go into debt. Yeah, yeah. Don't go into debt to have an aesthetic or to have mm-hmm. a, to, to you know, to make you happy. Um, to, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because that's what yeah. he He just kept, he kept, like, pumbling me with, like, yeah, but how do you do it? Like, where, like mm-hmm. why did you why you know he's like how do i go about? i'm like well it just i think it organically happens right like mm-hmm. like i said like with everything that i've done i was so overwhelmed with all of the extra errands and all of the extra stuff that i needed to do i'm like i can't just i'm gonna lose my mind and i have mm-hmm. i have sponsors i have mm-hmm. i have employees that count on me to continue to run my company um the way that we're running it right now with a good reputation a respectable reputation um, I can't have a bad day. I can't mess up. Mm-hmm. I can't crawl into a hole and say, I'm fucking done with this. You guys fend mm-hmm. for yourself. I can't stop making content, you know? I, so I think, you know, looking at those types of situations to say, like, if you have a bad week, how many people, how many people are going to crumble because you will, as the leader said, you had a bad week. Like mm-hmm. if I had a bad week, I have somebody that's going to cook for me. I have somebody mm-hmm. that's going to do everything that I need them to do because they're full, mm. they're full time. I have a team of people like, you know, I can do that, but before I couldn't, like if I had a bad day or I was sick or God forbid I got hurt, right? Mm-hmm. My wife is always, ter- my wife is more terrified of me getting hurt of the repercussions of the things I can't physically do rather than me actually getting hurt. <laughs> She's like, please don't get hurt, you know, because mm-hmm. there's ramifications for mm-hmm. that, right? There's things I, I won't be able to Absolutely. do. You know what I mean? So you got to be careful, man. I mean, so it's, it's this whole thing and, it, and it's, a, I'm still learning how to do it. There might be a point where I might hire more people on my personal team. There might be a point where I said, okay, I, I don't need this person anymore because of, you know, my demand. So it's just whatever you need to make yourself happier that you can afford is, is that's why I'm mm-hmm. so unbelievably grateful for the community and the business that I've built to allow me to work from home or work from Indonesia um, and still do what I need to do, you know, as a creator. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. I want to talk. Awesome. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Bro. I want to yeah, talk. No, I want to talk about as a, a deep personal thing. That yeah, man. You know, like, that's but the. Yeah, um, I think that's the beauty of podcasting, right? People genuinely really helpful. Yeah, I'm glad. I, any, any questions like that, you can always fire off, and um, I'd be more than happy to kind of help guide you down what I've done and yeah. what's what's helped me, what's not helped me. You know, things I've done, and I've I've made so many. I make mistakes every day, you know, of course. But anyway, um, okay. I want to talk a little bit about. Some of the things that you've dealt with in the UK, because like you said, uh, the UK right now with tools and banning and all the shit that's happening over there, um, you know, to be honest, if, if, if the world took away tools tomorrow, I would still, people, for some reason, people think like you and I, like, oh, if tools were taken away, that nothing would, literally nothing would change for me. Not one thing. Nothing. I, mm-hmm. I. I, this, this person invited me to a, to do a seminar in the Netherlands and she ended up, she ended up like messaging me and say, Hey, like, um, you know, we're, we're a little unsure about, uh, having you over because of the e-collar thing, because you, you train every dog with an e-collar. And I'm like, Oh, I hate that you think that. I hate that you think that. I'm like, I don't. Mm. I said, I only train an e- If a dog needs an e-collar or the owner wants off-leash control with the remote collar, I'll use it. I don't 
I don't, mm. what do I, I don't care. I don't get benefits from that. Mm. I don't need, and I told her, I was like, I don't need, she's like, oh my gosh, I feel so silly. I should have asked. I'm like, no, it's fine. But if, if the, if, if tools went away tomorrow, it would, the only thing it would hurt is dogs. It wouldn't hurt my mm. business. It just wouldn't like, I, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to stop me or, and I don't think it'll stop you from doing what you're doing. You're just going to train a little bit differently. Like, I think when people mm-hmm. come in, like we were saying is I don't want to see a, comp- a successfully competitive, um, awarded competitive trainer out there with their Malinois doing fancy shit without equipment. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's, that dog was bred for that. You were bred mm-hmm. for that. You've spent years on developing that. But what about the dog owner? that wants yeah. to go to the pub. So mm-hmm. where what is the I kind of know a little bit about it. But where is the UK at with the tool banning and how you guys are working around that and etc. Let's get into that a little bit. Okay, so the hot topic right now is remote collars, more so than prong collars. For a while, prong collars were under the spotlight a little bit, but it seems to be that remote collars have become the um, the main focus. So in terms of kind of legalities, politics, those things, it's definitely around the remote collar at the minute. And I certainly don't claim to be an expert. There's, some, there's a couple of guys here doing some great work in terms of kind of the politics side and really understand it far more detailed than I do. I'm certainly not one to delve into politics at any cost but obviously the uk is made up of four countries in wales the e-collar is already banned Uh, and it seems to be that in scotland england and northern ireland that it's going to be following suit pretty soon i would if if i had to put money on it i'm thinking in the next year or two um we're probably going to see remote collar bans what that ban actually looks like though i'm not 100 percent sure whether it's a ban of just purchasing them whether it's a carpet ban of purchasing them and using them whether it's a ban in terms of um there has to be justification for using it or it has to be in the, a working role it's like cropping and docking there's weird gray areas in the legalities here of that um but it's certainly with remote collars in particular, not looking good is is my kind of perception on it. And again, take that with a grain of salt. I'm not in the trenches every day. Um, my kind of focus of my time and my audience is um, kind of a positive, as we always keep coming back to, kindness and loving-led advocacy for the tools and how they can change dogs' lives. Um, Why the, are they being banned? Like why do you so, why do you think that's happening? A cruelty based situation. The the allegations are being made. It's it's a cruelty based um, argument of which they're being banned for. Now, from what I'm aware of, and again, um, I may be wrong here. This is just what I am aware of. How the system works is that there's a, a department within the UK government that makes these decisions. That department or that the head of that department essentially. Um, kind of outsources the research to the people that they believe to be best educated on those topics and those people will look at scientific studies uh, and they'll often take the word of the big organizations the main organizations being a lot of the charity organizations here and there is a certainly a blanket opinion from anybody that carries any weight in terms of those organizations that remote collars are cruel and that yes they support the ban so therefore my opinion being of when that information is collated from those um 
people that the department is is sought advice from it'll be quite an easy transition for them to make the decision to ban the tools um again certainly no expert on the politics but absolutely it's coming from a place of people's perception or the claims that they are a cruel tool that cause harm to dogs and therefore should be banned uh, the same to be said about the prong collar but right now it seems to be that the focus is on the remote collar now we see that in a various different situations a big passion of mine is working with rescue dogs especially dogs that are about to be put down um that's one of the the things I enjoy working with more than any, the right at that last second, trying to at least show progress to show that there's potential that this dog doesn't need euthanizing. When I was smaller and didn't have the audience, it was quite easy to actually be able to get some rescue centers on board. As I've got bigger, uh, recently I emailed 204 different rescue centers and not one of them would work with me because of my public use of the remote collar mm. and the prong collar. And that's not just me going in and working with them. That's me making offers. We've just launched a, food, a dog food line here in England, um, uh, hopefully be coming over to the States soon, but we were going to provide them with all their dog's food requirements. We've got all of our awesome toy ranges, leads, collars. We were going to do like a, a pack that owners, when they adopted a dog, we, we would donate a pack that can go home. I was going to give some of my online courses for free so that they could get the best start possible. Offered all of these things and they won't go near me because of my public use of the remote collars and the PR damage that that may do to that organization. Yeah. Um, that's kind of one of my... Yeah, things that I'm kind of working on as a personal project is is in that world, trying to make a difference in that situation. I recently had an amazing meeting. I won't name it because, again, she, that she's very concerned. A woman that runs a, a, a association, we'll call it, that helps rescue and uh, rehome dogs. Um, she was kind enough, one of the very few people that's been kind enough just to sit and talk to me. She's also kind of personally on board with balanced methodologies and is on board with remote collars and prong collars. We had the conversation. She said the same thing. She's like, as much as I believe in you and what you're trying to achieve, we cannot be publicly aligned with you. We can't take that risk because they're a smaller organization. And again, I don't want to... Mm -hmm. um, get any lawsuits firing my way, so I don't name names, but they're partnered with a very, very big organization here. That big organization gives them grants. Mm. Those grants are required for them to remain operating. That big organization is one of the ones that has the decision-making power. Um, and if they were to pull those grants and that partnership, the, that, asso that small association that's desperate for our help would have to fold. So then all, obviously, then those dogs are being euthanized instantly because there's nowhere for them to go. So it was one of those, it was a wonderful conversation. And I, I genuinely really thanked her, even though it, it, the result was not good. I was so happy that she sat with me and honestly explained it. And I think she was impressed that I didn't just come in kicking the door down and shout at her for not letting me help. Um, it was a very interesting conversation. At least she was brave enough to have it with me. Um, and it ended up being very productive. But mm -hmm. it's... Um, a mess to say the least mate it's not a good situation um and honestly th this is the thing that upsets me most about it is because i'm such a solution driven person as soon as i see a problem i want to help fix instantly my mind goes to solution solution and then how can we facilitate that and move forward this is one of the few times that i can remember where i genuinely see zero solutions i see and i'm certainly anyone that knows me i'm not a quitter i'm 
work very hard at anything that I want to try and achieve. And it's very um, disheartening to see just how bad a situation that has become um, and what the outcome for it is going to be. I have I have no idea. Um, I believe it's going to result in a ban and I believe it will be banned in the next couple of years would be my, um, if I, again, if I was a betting man, that's what my money would mm. go on, even though I'm the person probably with the biggest profile in the UK trying to advocate for the use of, of them. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a sad state of affairs, mate. So there's, so for people who don't, um, well, one second, Will, somebody called me. No worries. Uh, so I lost you for a second, but I've got you back. Yeah, so for, for people who don't understand uh, some of the things that we're talking about or um, some of the things that we're, we're mentioning is essentially, you guys, is and this is disgusting, really is just gross what's happening, is there's, so the politics and what I would consider like the lobbyists, the people who are like ban, 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 I don't like them. I don't like them. They never ask the dog if they want to live. Mm-hmm. They just say, I don't mm-hmm. like them. I don't know. And truthfully, from the bottom of my heart, I can almost promise you nine people out of 10 people who are trying to advocate for these things to be banned have never used them. I'd say it's much more. I'd go 9.99%. Right. So it's this disgusting thing. And this is something I wanted to get in with you a little bit because I've experienced this as well is again, you kind of look at the, the Instagram accounts that's science-based. Like, I'm telling you what I believe in before I tell you how mm-hmm. I train. And and if you look at somebody who is has that science-based thing, they have two dogs that they work with on their Instagram profile, and they're both theirs. They're not working mm-hmm. with clients. They're not putting realistic training into place. It's just how it goes. I mean, I'm, I'm not, what do I benefit from that? I'm good. I have a wait list for seven months. Mm-hmm. I don't benefit from anything that I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm just letting people know I am telling you what's going on. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it is a tragic tragedy that's happening all over the world in different places that the death over discomfort and the, mm-hmm. the political battle of people lobbying, because here's the thing is I think dog owners who are like, is that tool going to help me? Yeah, it is. Okay, cool. Let's do it. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's gone. And there's more of the yeah. people. The tool is helping more people than it's not. But the people who mm-hmm. don't like them because of their political views and how loud they are in their agenda, those are the ones that are getting shit banned. And mm-hmm. I've also seen a lot of air quotes science, and I've talked to different scientists in the UK about this, and they're saying that all of the – I told you this in our when we, when we chatted in person – is the same thing here in the States is what is a scientific piece of paper – there's mm-hmm. there's a there's a there's a um, there's an organization here in the states that put out something last year about positive only is the only way to train a dog because of these reasons. Look at the science, and they mm-hmm. they did a they did a um, it, it's it's a poll. They did a poll with people in their organization, kind of like what you were saying before about the college that you worked with. This is a particular mm-hmm. organization that that benefits from people signing on to their program they get paid to be Mm -hmm. to certify you as a dog trainer and they believe in one ideology and they put out a piece of scientific information see this is the thing that dog owners don't understand i talked to my vet about this the other day you i me and you could put out a scientific research paper tomorrow and call it science and we could say look 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 at this look at this look at all this science Mm -hmm. over here and people are gonna be yeah science Woo. 
So anyway, it's a sad, it's a sad thing. Um, but my, my point is, is they, they put out this thing and they did a poll of people in their organizations about tools or not tools. And every single one said, no tools, it's bad. It's a poll. And so they came out with this piece of paper and say, science has mm-hmm. said, and then there was, there were other people who, you know, pitchforked that they look, we've been right this whole time. No, no, no. That is a very biased thing that you guys just did. Don't. And people are like, what do you think? I'm not even going to comment on that. That is, if you can't read between mm-hmm. the lines of that poll of the thoughts of an organization that strictly only does this, and then they come out with a piece of paper that says, see, we're right. It's very narcissistic mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's sad, but these are the things that are happening. Um, and I think what we need to do, and, and I urge people who are listening and people who that, that follow Will and I is when push comes to shove, you guys that are listening in the No Bad Dog Army, and, and you guys just have to understand that when push comes to shove, like we need people to show up to say, no, 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 no. There's four people over here that are going to say, these are bad. There's going to be 100,000 people over here that says it's changed my life forever. The people who it's helping need to start paying attention to... You don't even have to like yell and scream. You might need to sign mm-hmm. something one day that says, no, 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 this has been fine for me. I haven't seen any mm-hmm. bad things. But people don't understand behind the scenes that rescue groups and shelters are killing more dogs than because of their ideology. And they're, so we so Forrest actually coined this, started calling them, uh, started calling one-dimensional dog trainers as uh, limited dog trainers. So like mm-hmm. what you and I do is is unlimited. We use all four quadrants. Mm-hmm. We use yep. tools. There's there's no limit to what we can do. And then there's limited dog trainers who only have one thing in their toolbox. That's it. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, tough cookies. Like that one Victoria Stillwell um, episode where ugh, this is just gut wrenching. But she was working with this family and the dog was aggressive. And instead of them going to it the next so they had this whole thing and the next scene was the family around the grave of the dog buried they killed it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she's just like no 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 my so this whole death people like need to wake up a little bit and realize that this whole death over discomfort mm-hmm. thing is very real the dogs that you see in shelters the dogs that you see in mm-hmm. rescue organizations are being killed because there's individuals that are gatekeeping their philosophies away if you ask the dogs, hey, we got this guy over here that's been successful 25,000 times utilizing a slip leash. Hey, dog, do you want to mm-hmm. go work with him to save your life? They would say yes. But mm-hmm. the person says, oh, that's a slip leash. We're not doing it. Kill him. Kill the dog. Yeah. Happens every day. I think people grossly underestimate the severity of what you just said as well in terms of, again, what we talked about earlier of people's ideologies and their echo chambers and wanting to be part of a, a tribe. And I've get that there's one shelter that I can still kind of go in and work with. And luckily it's a, it's a, I want to be very protective of them. It's, it's a private organization and they work with dogs that have been removed by the police for severe incidents. And they house them at this facility mm. whilst the legal case goes through, which can often be years. So there's dogs in there that they're in this weird kind of state of innocent until proven guilty because it needs to go through the court system. And sometimes these are some horrific situations that have Mm. happened. And and it's one of those things where it's hard not to come out openly kind of firing back and aggressive when I get criticized or we get those hate comments because it's from people that they have never seen that 
they don't see necessarily. Mm. It's or it's so easy to go on an Instagram post and see a a, a, a post supporting the ban of e collars or showing a prong collar or showing that same picture that everybody shows of dogs that have got kind of the piercing holes in their neck from the prong collar and they spin the narrative as if that prong collar did that through the use of the prong collar when anyone that understands knows that some. Mm-hmm. We'll keep out the names of those people. Put that prong collar on too small, and the dog grew into it, and it's that's what caused those. Um, yeah, or it was tied to a, injuries. It was tied to a tree. So a ch- yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, so it's easy to see that image and see the narrative that spun of that image, and then to create a gut response to that Emotion. when you're being told yep. by somebody with influence um, to create that response. And I honestly wish. I could take people into this facility, and I'm talking shepherds that have killed multiple dogs, Caucasian shepherds that have maimed people, Mm. pitbulls that are illegal here yet have been removed from dog fighting rings. The worst of the worst dogs are are in this. And you would walk through, and I would honestly, and, and not trying to be a dick here and trying to like fire the flames, but I honestly believe if you could just walk people through, keep the dogs in in the in the runs and stuff, no kind of, but just be like, look, this is the reality. This is what goes mm. wrong. This is the potential that can go wrong. Now, now also try and train that dog just with food. And again, I'm not being a dick. I'm no, just telling yeah. you from experience. Totally. Because if I could, I would. Of course, so would you. If you could, if you could modify some of those extreme behaviours with food, of course we would. It'd be a lot easier. But it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. But in those situations and those cases, it doesn't work. Um, we're kind of we're able to come in and utilize the methodologies for some of the and some of the transformations again and and these are cases that i can work with uh, and it's been a little while since i've it's a few months since i've been there but they can't be filmed because it's on part of an ongoing legal investigation so Mm. you people don't see the work that i do in these situations and there's been a couple of people uh, one of them was at your seminar we could talk about this kind of off air and incredible incredible young aspiring female trainer same principle i took her there um it's like oh shit this Mm. is this is the reality of how bad this stuff can go this dog is here for this reason this dog is here for this reason and it brings people to tears and then you say that uh, and we know that the dogs in some of that they're getting put down there's no way around it it's just waiting for the judge to make the decision and oftentimes they'll go and just try to get them out and give them some exercise almost in the lead up to that mm-hmm. where that gets me so emotional and fired up because all i think about is what could have been if better methods were utilized earlier on in that dog's life mm-hmm. to prevent those horrible situations from ever happening in the first place. But there's trainers out there saying that those methods are cruel and should never be used. The narrative and those posts and that emotional response to things like the tools we we kind of advocate for. So people develop that unfortunate preconception of our methodology and the tools that we utilize 
and it breaks my heart because it, it isn't in those situations, mate. It's not just the dogs. I'm I'm looking at oh, that was a child that was attacked in that situation. That was a child that wouldn't have been attacked if that owner mm. had have been better educated on the utilization of managing these kind of breeds. And it's why I do obviously I've got my training channel, but I've also got I call it just the canine show channel. And that's all around breed education. Because I think it's so important that yep. people understand the potential of some of these breeds. Well, I think. Uh, sorry to interrupt. I think even more no than go. Uh, more than that. Will is is even more. I think. Do you drink coffee or just Monster? Well, say that again. Sorry, you cut out a minute. I said, do you drink coffee or just Monster? Hello. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear you now. Sorry, you cut out for a few seconds. I said, do you drink Monster drink or just co- or coffee? Both. Both? Both? Okay. I was just curious. Yeah. So you chugging that monster along. I was just going to mm-hmm. say, I think even more devastating is a, a family that calls a trainer and says, hey, we have a dog that we love very much. We got as a Christmas mm-hmm. gift last year. My kids are in love. My husband mm-hmm. and I are in love. My neighborhood is in love with this dog, but he made a mistake. And the trainer comes over and says, this is not fixable because of my lack of ability of, of, mm-hmm. of a, a singleton trainer, if you will, or a limited trainer, this dog needs more than what I'm capable of. We're gonna have to euthanize this dog. So I think even more mm-hmm. than having the dogs who maybe genetically were set up to naturally innately be aggressive and inevitably being aggressive mm-hmm. and being a liability in the first place that ends up at the shelter that you're talking about, which not always, but I'm just saying what's even worse is a perfectly good dog that made a mistake and now the family mm-hmm. has to load up in the car yeah petting the dog that they love petting their mm-hmm. head kissing them and the dog's wagging it whack 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 mm-hmm. whack 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 mm-hmm. kissing their face lick 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 oh i love you guys you get mm-hmm. the best but you're going to put that dog down it's going to go on a tape mm-hmm. you're going to walk out of that room the dog is going to go hey where are we going they're going to go into the mm-hmm. back because maybe they bit the neighbor's dog mm-hmm. and they're great with people and then they go into the back room and the dog is like, ooh, my favorite vet. Mm-hmm. And they put a needle in him and they kill him because mm-hmm. that trainer doesn't doesn't believe in other things. And that's why I do what I do. I know that's mm-hmm. why you do what you do. There's nobody who's going to stop me. There's nobody who's mm-hmm. going to stop you from giving people other options because that's the reality. As I think that's more tragic than then some of the mm-hmm. other stuff that we've talked about is there there's like, that's why. So going back to the person who's like Tom Davis only cares about clickbait because of these. No, no, no. I mm-hmm. put that clickbait in there for the person that's about to load their kids and their family up to say goodbye exactly. to their dog. Goosebumps, mate. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's everything. That's it. Cause it, it's, and that's why I'm talking about the beauty of YouTube because it's irrefutable now at this point. Yeah. And even if it's a, they haven't seen it, but they call their sisters, brothers, mothers. Fuck, I'm gonna have to put. I think I'm gonna have to put this dog down. A wife, a dog trainer said I need to, mm-hmm. and they might have seen one of our videos and gone, "Hold on, hold on." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me send you a link. And yep. I, I get those stories every all day. the time, every day. And this is this is the piece of the puzzle of kind of, like I say, that discussion, argument, online war, whatever you want to call it, of. Uh, us and them that I, I hate that being the case because in my opinion when it comes to because let's just cut the kind of bullshit it's positive only trainers that are making those statements day in day out euthanize medicate avoid euthanize medicate mm-hmm. avoid 
because, like you say, the fact of the matter is, is just that their methodology isn't well equipped for that situation in hand. This is why I get a little bit more, I separate the difference between trainers and behaviorists, but this is where I also really advocate for positive only trainers because I'm like, you guys can do a far better job than me when it comes to training, obedience, mm-hmm. tricks, teaching something new where positive reinforcement is absolutely the primary quadrant of operant conditioning that is going to best serve the dog in that situation. And I am more than happy. I get people all the time say, oh, I need, I want to teach my dog this. I'm like, I'm not your guy. Go and speak to Same. one of those positive only people. They'll help you loads better with that. That's um, yeah, I could I could give it a good go and understand the theory and principles, and I'd probably be able to be semi-successful. But they're much better equipped and experienced in that. Mm-hmm. The the problem, the bit where I get a little bit frustrated is that that is very. I've, I've well, I've never seen it actually returned the other way. I would love, I would applaud and sing from the rooftops a positive only trainer that was humble enough to be able to say, this is what I do and these are the things that it's great at being able to achieve. However, I am aware enough to know that for this situation, it it doesn't achieve that and you should go and seek the help of somebody with that set of skills. Mm -hmm. And here are a list of people that might be able to help you with that. That for me is the utopia of the dog training future. It's a it's a future I just don't ever see actually coming to pass. Well, but it's I... something that I think would be beautiful, and that's where again I could be like, yeah, you go and speak to that guy or girl for that kind of training stuff because their methodology is awesome. If you need a dog to stop being mm-hmm. reactive or aggressive or pulling or resource guarding, yeah, come and speak to me because they're the kind of things that I'm quite good at and can help you out with or I can point you in the direction of somebody that can and then have that free flow. But I think, yeah, people get, first of all, I think people are scared that there's not enough. That they have to hold on to their clients and they're not willing to. And I'm like, trust me, there's enough dogs out there that need help that yeah. there's. It's not a, there's, it's not a competition. Yeah, it's not, we're not lacking for work. But then also I think that there's a weird, especially with the rise of YouTube, there's then like a defense, especially, again, imagine if you spent the last 10 years of your career openly slagging a methodology off or um, saying that yours is a fix-all and then there's these YouTube videos that kind of disprove it. Again, I do to some extent have empathy of why they could find themselves almost a bit trapped. Mm. of like, oh, I can't actually maybe i should go and pursue learning about the utilization of these tools or balanced methods but i've just spent the last 10 years posting about mm-hmm. how they shouldn't do it and they kind of, i think people find themselves yeah trapped into a corner a little bit and then they're coming out attacking people instead of just again it's it, it would take a very very humble person that's been a trainer for many years following a positive only practice to say you know what i'm i've become open-minded and i've learned more about this thing and yeah, I'm going to add that to my repertoire or I'm going to go away and learn and study that thing or um, that that would take a very, very humble person. Um, But I wish more people were willing to do it. Yeah, I've seen it. I've definitely seen it in my comments of people saying that they used to train this way as a trainer and now they don't because it was it was lacking you know they're like ah we just weren't getting that we just weren't getting that it's the people who are dog usually it's the people that are dog lovers that subscribe to a methodology and get very upset on the internet that then become a positive only trainer and that's where they put Mm -hmm. their boot in the ground people who who again community ideology tribalism chambers Mm, so i think 
I think also too, um, you know, Zach George is a perfect example. If if you, I don't know if he still has him up, which he probably doesn't. But if you go way back to his channel, he used to use tools. Mm-hmm. People don't know that he used to use tools mm-hmm. in his videos. He just stopped using them, and people are like, you know, what for whatever reason? Maybe he realized he could scale better with using a more positive approach, or mm-hmm. whatever. Who cares? Or maybe he just decided. But um, my my point is, is here's what I find, and this is this is probably one of the most important things that I have a hard time getting off my chest and saying in a, in in words is. You get, let, let's let's play point of view here. You get a dog owner that, you know, a dog lover that wants to become a trainer, and they've had they've had good dogs their whole life. They've had goldens and labs and poodles, and they're just no behavioral issues. And the dog is well behaved, and they and there's just no behavioral issues other than maybe pulling on the leash and jumping, and maybe not coming back when they get called. And then they say, "I want to go to school for learning how to help with these." everyday stuff which isn't behavior it's obedience it's it's teaching new behaviors Mm -hmm. and by definition scientifically positive reinforcement is to encourage a dog to do a behavior again in the future primarily on a cue Mm -hmm. right by definition so here's what i think happens and this is so overlooked i think it's probably one of the biggest things we're going to talk about on this podcast is they get into dog training they become a positive only trainer by default of the dogs that they're working with they can use a mm-hmm. harness and they can use food to lure dogs around. It's something that I teach 11-year-olds, 7-year-olds in the 4-H clubs, the, the clubs around here on how to lure a dog to get them to do things you want mm-hmm. them to do, whether it's place or sit or down, fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Very fun, easy stuff, right? Here's what I think happens is there's people out there that work with those dogs or or if you go to the Instagrams of the people that are science-based trainers in their Instagram profile that are talking shit on mine and your profiles, they're working with their personal dogs that inside of their house, inside of their hallway with nothing going mm-hmm. on. And those are the people that are saying, you should never use prong collars. Don't ever mm-hmm. do it. E-collars are terrible. Yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. And then, but what they don't realize is they've never seen a dog try to rip their throat out of their fucking face. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Right? They've it's, never seen yeah. that shit. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. where I think the pro- that's where I think the problem is. They say, wait, wait, wait a, wait a minute, wait a minute, Cynthia, Karen, Billy, Bob, George, wait, wait one second. Let me just back up a little bit and just explain to you that the dog that just came in worked with four other trainers that trained the way that you. And this happens every day. I have hundreds of videos mm-hmm. on this. It's not my opinion. It's the reality mm-hmm. and facts. Right. So. We have, we have this dog that came in that worked with four other trainers training, training with positive only reinforcement, avoidance, going out at four in the morning, um, so on and so forth. And it didn't work. Well, they're, they're not good. Oh, it, they're, four of the trainers weren't good. All, none of them were good. How can I change mm-hmm. this behavior in 25 minutes then? I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, so what people are missing, and I think that this will solve a lot of issues, is if... Dog trainers who are working on obedience stepped foot in a ring. Remember that? Remember that Roddy you you went face to face with at my seminar? Diesel, I remember Diesel Big very boy. well. Yeah. Let's put mm. one. Let's put one of those trainers in with mm. a dog that's breathing down your throat with a low. Mm-hmm. Great white shark eyes, uh-huh. wailing out, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. Kind of anything moves, you move. I'm gonna rip mm. you apart. Yeah. Get your mm-hmm. treats out, bud. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Honestly, out of everything, we've talked about a lot of good shit. And I think 
the continual conversation is just understanding the exposure of these trainers that they have versus the reality. Yeah. Like when you see exactly. when you see a, when you see a video of a positive only trainer working with a dog that's aggressive or reactive when really they're a seven month old playful dog that's bouncing at the end of the leash. Mm-hmm. Like you want to yeah. see an, you actually want to see an aggressive dog. Why don't you take some of these take some of the, some, take a couple looks over here about mm-hmm. how you know I had this duchy that came in that was just relentless, bro, brutal dog. The military guys love this dog because he was a mm-hmm. he's a dude savage, an mm-hmm. and Osama bin Laden eater. Like this dog is yeah. a savage. Throw him in. He's got it. Mm-hmm. He will kill somebody. Right? So I think that honestly, that's the that is the biggest problem is people don't understand that when I'm using a prong collar or I'm using an e-collar, or I'm using a slip leash or you're doing these things is mm-hmm. throughout the duration of the training, if you really break it down, say I train for an hour. 58 minutes of that hour out of 60 minutes is positive only training, positive reinforcement, encouraging behaviors, Mm -hmm. gassing the dog up. Let's go, buddy. Great job. Well done. The other, Mm. maybe even more, maybe, I don't even say it would correct a dog for for three minutes. It would be less than that. But my point is, is I I think people don't understand the vast array of different behaviors that you can see in different breeds. You get a Tibetan, you get a 175 pound Tibetan Mastiff that comes in with a hundred pound dog owner. You say, well, mm-hmm. you're going to have to get rid of your dog because we don't believe in prong collars here. Or you're going to have mm-hmm. to euthanize your dog. I've, dude, I've fucking seen it, bro. People will probably listen to this yeah. like, no way. Yes, way. Mm-hmm. Trainers will say, instead of using a prong collar, instead of giving this dog direction and leadership, mm-hmm. kill it. I'm not going to give you a prong collar because I don't believe in it. It's not about you, bro. It's about the dog. That's not even that's rare. That's, that's very, very common. Happens and, every day. Yeah, I kind of... Um, Kind of was built on corsos in particular were kind of my bread and butter mm. uh, with the rise of how popular they've become i was the guy that so I've, I've worked with tons of them and helped loads of people with corsos and the amount of stories again similar principle of calling a trainer as oh, I've, I've spoke to four trainers but they just won't even come they say they don't work with corsos mm. i'm like oh, okay and i had one guy come the corso is beautiful with really fun to train lovely just a little bit a tiny bit reactive minor minor stuff and the the only of the five trainers he contacted one was willing to come out and he did the training through the guy's front window so he was out on his front lawn watching through the window telling the person in the living room what to do with this dog and and again it was one of those we kind of tuned it up we 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 gave a little bit of leadership gave him a bit of direction let him know great job when you're doing this but time and a place for reactivity dude you can't be doing that to everybody you pass on the street perfect dog was amazing um and it's not just that they'll euthanize it's just that they won't talking about the exposure situation Mm. is i think and it's not a aren't we brave because we'll we'll expose ourselves to those situations i'm not trying to put people down in that way but they will just refuse to find themselves in those situations so they'll just refuse to work with those kind of dogs that display those kind of behaviors mm. and scares the shit out of them they work. yeah it is the truth it's the reality and especially those with any experience because a lot of them they might have said yeah yeah okay especially when they're starting out in their career and they need the kind of consultations and the bookings so they take a few of those clients and they realize oh shit that was not fun mm. it didn't work it was a disaster session i'm never taking one of them clients again um so again euthanization 
is a very, very commonly applied um, strategy for them. Avoidance is a, a strategy and medication. It's a constant cycle. Seeing this trainer, he either wouldn't work with it. He said, I can only go out at night. He said, I should put it on meds. He said, I should mm. euthanize it. A friend told me about you. Is there any chance you can help before I take it to get put down? And it's over and over and over again. And man, yeah, it is. It's sad. It, you're right. It's just um, they haven't seen it. And they I haven't just wish seen um, they haven't seen it. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to give. And that's the thing is like, so part of me is like, <sighs> it's just how I am. And I'm just, I'm just, I feel bad. I'm like, my empathy mm -hmm. is overloading with like, somebody says, I've trained hundreds of dogs with, and I go on their mm -hmm. profile and it's literally mm -hmm. two dogs for the last yeah. year of their whole Instagram profile of mm -hmm. positive trainer of Arizona. And it's two mm -hmm. dogs. And they're talking, mm -hmm. they're not training, they're talking, they're not training. Yeah, yeah. Me and you, mm -hmm. and other people too, I'm just saying like me and you will put out real dog training. Mm -hmm. And and in the members club for me, you're getting the uncut. It's like you were saying mm -hmm. earlier with Joe is like, not only am I putting out like dog training that's helpful and actually we're seeing results, but I'm also giving thousands of people the opportunity to go and watch the uncut version of everything mm -hmm. in between, everything that was said, everything that was done. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the real deal. And so I think the next the next you know question usually comes is like, oh, well, that's here's here's this is an interesting topic of the topic of, well, you're just masking it. You're just suppressing mm -hmm. it. You're just using compulsion. You're just a big, bad mm -hmm. alpha thing. And I hear this shit all the time. I saw just the other day somebody was like talking about alpha alpha. I'm like, who 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 even says alpha anymore? Except mm -hmm. for people who who just want to use that as a as a as a ploy of like mm -hmm. alpha. Like I don't understand why people like Will and and Tom and Caesar and all these other people and they just they just want to alpha their, they just want to make their dogs do things and use compulsion and it's like no 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 there's when your dog comes in and is completely losing their mind mad barking whining. And they haven't been able to breathe since they were six months old because you aren't doing, mm -hmm. you're letting them do whatever they want. They're mm -hmm. pulling you left. They're pulling you right. They're jumping up on people because we think it's cute. Mm -hmm. It's not about being alpha and saying you have to do this. It's about saying you as a dog is terribly riddled with anxiety mm -hmm. and stress because there's nobody in your life helping you understand what you need to be doing. And people, mm -hmm. again, people are just like, I would rather let my dog have anxiety with no structure, no job, no, sh no, no nothing. I can't let them off leash because they don't listen. I can't hardly walk them because they drag me. I can't bring them out because they jump on everybody. It's this whole, it's this whole cycle of, and again, it's like, I, I think dog owners and we live in this time now where people on the internet can choose. They'll watch a video of mine or yours or another trainer. And that's what I get often is like, you know, I stumbled mm. across your videos and it just made sense. This mm -hmm. other trainer I was working with told me to bark at my dog. And it's and, and listen, I, I shouldn't be bashing the positive only thing because that's not fair because they're not here to defend themselves. But it's also with the with some of the more balanced on the other end of the spectrum dog trainers where they're nailing dogs on high high corrections. They're, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're cranking, yanking. They're hanging dogs by their throats for looking at them wrong. Um, I had a I had a consultation yesterday. I talked to a lady where the dog looked at this guy and he just hung it. Until the mm -hmm. feet were dangling and then dropped it, and she was crying. The owner was mm -hmm. crying, and she's like, "I just mm -hmm. didn't." So, so there's there's more. There's just as much as that as there is positive only Absolutely. trainers. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the only problem is is with I think with a lot of 
unbalanced balanced trainers that are just going out there for domination of of I'm big and bad and you can't touch me is it's probably not going to kill the dog, but it might make things worse, which ultimately could make things, you know, worse. But, um, it's, it's this whole thing, man. It's, it's, it's just so interesting to, to see the concepts bounce back and forth. And, and I think, you know, the, the whole alpha thing is like, that's the thing is like when I hear somebody comment or say something like, Oh, the out, al- mm-hmm. the alpha dominance thing has been outdated. I'm like two things. I would never say alpha or dominant in a video that I didn't give context on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you first of all? What are you talking about? <laughs> me, me providing structure and leadership and guidance and some sort of like a kid wants to run across the parking lot because they see Mickey Mouse mm-hmm. and I grab him and I say you can't do that. You're gonna get mm-hmm. smoked by a car and I care about you. That's mm-hmm. that's dominance. That's being alpha. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. That's me caring because I don't want my kid or my niece, or my nephew, or any fucking kid. Bro, if I'm sitting in a parking lot and I see a kid running away from their parents into oncoming traffic, I'm grabbing their by their head and throwing them across the room. Because <laughs> I can't, yeah, I'm like, I don't exactly. want you to get hurt. So uh, I think that that's, you know, I, I just, I, I'm not, I don't know. It's just, it's hard. It's, 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 it's frustrating for everybody, you know, in the industry. And I just, you know, like I said before, is I, I'm putting out content to help dog, dog owners. If it helps, I'm great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. If you disagree with me, that's fine too. Just, just go do your thing. Go, go blow up your own channel and, and be big and have millions of people watch you and you do your thing. You help people the way that you mm-hmm. want to help people. I'm going to help people the way that I help people. Now, if I didn't have the amount of people giving me feedback of how much we've helped and same thing with you, we wouldn't, we'd probably change things up and say, okay, maybe we need to, but th- like you said, like the proof is it's how, how are you going to have a dog? Excuse me. How are you going to have a dog owner coming in and then leaving with tears of joy because you've helped them do something they've been trying to do their whole life and say that's terrible Mm -hmm. no 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 you can't do it that way it's like okay so there's a you know what i mean like you have to read between the lines as a dog owner like you have to read between the lines of well does this (laughs) hold on wait a minute is this person really upset about the way that this individual trained or do they just have an ego and they get mad because people are watching this individual you know it's like i think unfortunately i think that's a much more common reality yeah um yeah unfortunately and i think you know it's it's like reading reviews on uh, like a like a restaurant or a pub as you're going through it's got 4.8 out of 5 it's got 600 reviews Five star, five star, five star, five star, one star. Waiter never came back. Five star, five star, five star, five star, five star, one star. Um, the air conditioner was too too loud. Five star. You got to read between the lines of certain people who are mm-hmm. just like that. They're just you're not going to make everybody happy. The things that you do on a on a big scale because you're an internet person, people are going to give you shit. People are going to f- find your email. People are going to give you negative. Rest- I remember this one person gave me a one star review living in a different country. And I had a conversation with her in the comments and I said, and this was like my doggy daycare page at the time. And I just had a conversation with her via the thing. And I, I literally dismantled everything she said and she apologized and changed her review mm. because I was like, you, you don't even live in this country. You're going to tell mm. people that live in my area about my doggy day, daycare because you saw me using an e-collar. She said, well, mm-hmm. they're illegal here. And then my, 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 my rebuttal was, do you know what they are? No, but they're illegal mm-hmm. here. I said, mm-hmm. well, I'm pretty sure in your country, um, 
women driving is also illegal. So there's, mm -hmm. you know, we got to have a conversation here about what's going on. So anyway, um, I, Will, I want you to just, I want you to just go through the, the whole education system that you went through, because that story is fascinating to me about trying to get into a, a college or a school and because of your background or your degree or whatever it was, um, it fell short because of the politics of what Absolutely. you Absolutely. It's a very fascinating story. Mm -hmm. So kind of, um, yeah, I, I spent 10 years, nearly 10 years working in the education system. Um, luckily, not to sound big headed, but I'm quite um, comfortable with kind of academics uh, and academic learning and studying. Um, and obviously, as, as I started uh, going into this, I've got a first class degree in education, which was really cool because it opened up a lot of doors for me. So I'm starting doing this and I'm getting, I'm starting to grow. And this is probably back in 20, 30K subs and just getting a bit of traction. And the hate messages are starting to come in, especially the stuff around the science. And I'm like, okay, cool. And, and me being open-minded, like, let me read the science. Let me study these things. I want to know. Uh, and especially if I'm wrong, I'm super open to new ideas. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, why isn't they more... Uh, yeah, there's a hundred different studies of the efficacy of positive reinforcement when training a new trick. Like, there's no debating that at this point. It's um, it's an easy study to do. So I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go and get a doctorate in kind of animal behaviour, and I'm gonna do all of my research around the efficacy of prong collars. That was what I was gonna use. Um, I was maybe do a bit of. Uh, remote collar stuff. I was like, the efficacy of the utilization of prong collars for behavior modification for, I was probably going to do reactivity. I was like, that'd be really cool if I can show that irrefutably from a loving academic and science-based place. At least that's that's a start. I'm, I'm being the change I want to see in the world. Mm. So I go and I, I start, so I find this program and it starts with a master's degree and it's a program that you start with your master's, but it rolls into a PhD program. So I was like, that'd be cool. So I start that and literally kind of on the induction day, we're talking about how it's all going to work. And we get onto the topic of what the thesis for your, your piece of work is going to be for the master's program. Um, people are talking about what they want to do. And I bring up that this is what I want to do. And I find out that I didn't realize this, this was my naivety, but when you, you can't just go and study whatever you want to study, it, you have to submit your proposal and then it goes off to a board and the board will make a determination or not as to whether you're allowed to go off and study that thing. So obviously, Mr. Me being naive, I, I want to do this thing. And little did I know at the time, the people running that board of what you're allowed to research as part of master's and PhD level programs in applied animal behavior and training programs in the UK is run by people that also run positive only dog training associations. So obviously, me rocking up, covered in tattoos and beards and the YouTube guy wanting to study the efficacy of prong collars insta shut down it's like but you could study food work and how food work can help with behavior modification and treat work and i kind of went back and forward on it and eventually got to a point where i was like uh, and me being me so i'm like okay let me study these people let me see what i can find out about these people and i find their kind of businesses and their training businesses and i'm like maybe there's a conversation that can be had and i can work with these people and find a middle ground okay cool prong collars no what about slip leads what about corrections in general even verbal corrections can we have that conversation and it, and it all gets shut down and um 
as I'm looking through it all, essentially these programs be, have become a, it's a big kind of term to throw out there, but it's a propaganda course for their positive only associations of training. And the people that go through those programs then also segue into their business associations for training qualifications and courses and to be a part of their system of trainers uh, from a business perspective. And it was a real shame, actually. I'm I still um, a bit gutted about it. But I had to pull out of the course. I'm like, I can't do this course, study something that I absolutely, it's not that I don't believe in it, but I'm being forced and sh- what I'm allowed to say and do and studies being um dictated by somebody that has an agenda and a uh, uh, kind of business interests to protect. So I had to pull out of the course. Um, And then since that story, I've spoke to a lot of people and it's a very, very common situation all around the world in the high level academic establishments that the those scientific studies you talk about there's the absolute farcical ones like the one you talked about where it's Mm -hmm. just nothing more than a poll internally. And then even the more kind of published legit science is very very much gatekeepered and guarded by people with agendas and those agendas are around a positive only agenda so when that's why i i just do not entertain the conversation anymore around science-based dog training i just don't entertain (laughs) it because it's a completely one-sided biased argument um and for me there, there, there just isn't even an argument to be had once i went through that kind of um yeah that process yeah and i and i talked to that scientist from i believe uh what college was it shoot he said derby yeah derby just down the road from me yeah Mm. so he he he, i was talking to him because he's doing his research and he told me that all of the every single study that they did um for the banning of prong collars or the introduction of banning of prong collars in the uk or netherlands or i don't know where the heck it was um they went through and and went through all of them and Mm -hmm. they said that they are none of them have been done properly all of the Mm -hmm. all of the science paperwork introduced to the parliament in your case Mm -hmm. the government was not done fairly it was not good science and that's what this Mm -hmm. science scientist team did is they went through and they went through all of them and they said, we don't really care about prong collars and e-collars. We care about the, the respect and the reputation the science community has. And what these guys are doing with this study, passing these laws, is not science. It's not, mm-hmm. you're, you're taking variables and not being fair. So what they were doing is instead of using a trainer that was familiarized, because he, he, he told me there's going to be a time where you might be invited over to this location to be part of the science because he said, and I, and I've interviewed him before interesting concepts. He was telling me that they're using people who have never used a prong collar, never used an e-collar. And we see some of this in the States too. I've, I've seen some scientific uh, things in the States. They're taking tools that these, the, 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 whatever the variable is, right. They're, they're using people who have never used the tools and they're saying, if I, cor- if I ask a dog to sit and correct him at the same time versus using food for a dog to sit, is there going to be more stress in the dog who's just been, been corrected for a behavior they don't really know by a tool they've never been felt for by a handler who's never used a tool? Is there going to be 
studies that show that, or is the outcome going to be positive reinforcement is the only way to go because the, the, whatever they measure, the cortisol or adrenal glands or whatever the heck it is, well, it's more stressful in these scientific studies, it's more stressful to, to use a prong collar. That's the science. Mm-hmm. So then you get somebody yeah. that says, look, guys, been telling you this for years. Science-based dog training is the only thing to do, and it's laughable because it's not mm-hmm. real science. It's not. Mm-hmm. You're not doing fair. Ha- why don't you have somebody go in and use positive reinforcement in association with a low-level stimulation from a collar from somebody like myself who has been using the e-collar professionally for 10 years, who has their own mm-hmm. e-collar? I bet the results will be very different. So you, so it, so it's un, it's un, but that's the lens. And typically, exactly. But ty- those studies are often also going to be done through a very clinical low distraction environment. Correct. So let's factor in the variable of distraction into that equation. Of okay, cool, yeah, maybe positive reinforcement in a zero distraction clinical environment is going to perform better. But let's go out and take this hunting breed around game animals and see mm. if the same thing applies. There's the the lack of variables in these studies um, is wildly uh, missing as well. You're right, it's, it's poor science. It's bad. It's science mm. because, but the other thing is, is a lot of the science that are backed, just like politics, man. Mm-hmm. Like people don't, dude, it's disgusting what's going on. Like just in mm-hmm. general, like you see all like the Netflix documentaries that are coming out exposing different colleges and different scams. And it's like people are like, holy shit. And it's like these things are happening yeah. in the dog industry, too. Yeah. It's, it's pharmaceutical industry, uh-huh. the food industry. They all utilize the same tricks. of, And again, that's why I use the term propaganda. It is. Because it's, uh, it's, it's fair. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And these people, like, again, like the one that they did, the American veterinarian something or other here in the States. um, I, it was done by a company who benefits from, so they certify in their college positive only training. So they put out a study that was, that was backed off a poll of colleagues in the same environment. They weren't, it wasn't, it wasn't pulled out to the general public Mm -hmm. and they, and then they put it out and they said, this is the only way to do it. And by the way, you can give us $10,000 to be a certified positive only trainer. (laughs) What the uh, exactly fuck? are you yeah, kidding me same same here mate same here but it's but like you said before i think at the end of the day what we have is we have the power of freedom of speech we have the power yeah. to say well wait a minute how come interesting enough how can will in the uk and tom and all these other trainers forrest michael mike jones larry crone all the people that are in it for the right reasons how i'm, I'm confused because these guys have been training years training for accumulating of probably 75 years using and utilizing tools and they've all gotten back. How can they can do it? And, but the science is saying you can't, Mm -hmm. that's, I'm confused. So, so there's gotta be, so again, I think, I think that there's this whole propaganda, I call it marketing manipulation. How Mm -hmm. nice does it say, how nice does it sound? Will as a dog owner who loves their puppy that they just got, it's the cutest thing in the whole world. So Mm -hmm. cute, right? Mm -hmm. How, how nice does it sound? As, 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 as a trainer to say, sign up for our dog, our fear-free, force-free, science-based, positive dog training class. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that sound nice? Yes. <laughs> it's like, perfect. Yeah. Sign me up. So, exactly. So then as a dog mm-hmm. trainer, I don't blame you for walking in that door. 
But then when you when when mm-hmm. when shit hits the fan and you're you're done with your positive only and you're doing your luring and that's over mm-hmm. and you're dealing with the behavior, and then they say, well, you know, avoid, etc. We've talked about that, but that's what's happening. Is people need to mm-hmm. wait? I don't want to say wait because we're doing what we what we do. That's why I advocate. So when somebody here's the thing is people don't realize. You know what's you know what's gotten me to the point I'm at now. Haters, people who mm-hmm. doubt me. When I when I when I am just sitting here and I'm waiting and I'm waiting for this one person to say something, it fires me up. So, I will produce ten high quality, passionate dog training videos and spend $50,000 on the production on it because one person says that this is happening. People don't realize that. Mm. Like, keep talking. You're firing me up, bro. Firing Mm. me up. You're not doing anything. That's why I love, it's the beauty. It's it's like the free market, isn't it? It's um, freedom. It's, I love it. It's, I'm so passionate about that. And that's why I'm diehard YouTube. Again, like we, my marketing team, we do stuff on TikTok and Instagram and stuff. And yeah. it, it is what it is. But that, the, that, for me, there's nothing beats YouTube because the long form ability to make it irrefutable. I've done tons of courses, my advanced diplomas in dog training and canine behavior and all these lovely pieces of paper. They're all nonsense and mm-hmm. back in the imposter syndrome days i used to have them framed and put them on my website and stuff they were all the same they were all positive only just repeats of each other probably from the same kind of companies just rebranding to get multiple sales and but just genuinely now i make an i'm go out of my way to not talk about them not advertise them not put them anywhere because for me youtube is my qualification it's mm. that irrefutable results that can't be denied and as long as we have the freedom of speech and the freedom to post content like that you can't control you can't control it and that's why i love it so much you can again through politics through science through academia um there's the loopholes that allow you to control the narrative but in that again that's of all the criticisms of the internet and social media, the thing I love most about it is that freedom to, here I am, here's what I do, here's the results. You're big boys and girls. You now have the ability to make your own decision. Um, and I love it. I love it. It's why I'm, I'm diehard on YouTube. It's, um, it's, yeah, the, it's, it's the platform I care so much about because it's, yeah, it's freedom at the end of the day. And it I, is. um, yeah, a, and it there... gives it gives us the freedom to defend ourselves, but defend ourselves through results. And it gives owners and the consumers and the people that actually matter the ability now to remove all the bullshit and watch and yep. then make their decision of, okay, I can get that result in minutes, in half an hour, an hour, or a couple of days, whatever it is. Or I can spend months on avoidance, but it's like, well, at least you're educated now and you have the ability to make a good educated decision. And then yeah. the decision that you make, cool. Again, there's no debate for me in terms of whether, whether what we do works or not. The, the, the only discussion left is your personal, the, the, objective, um, the objective reality of the methodology is irrefutable. What's then left is your subjective opinion of the methods. Now, that is subjective by nature. Again, big boys and girls, you can make your own decision. If you watch what we're able to achieve, but still genuinely to your core think, that's cruel. I don't want to do it to my dog. Cool. That's you and your dog, but at least you're aware. 
and you can make that decision. Nothing's been hidden or which, which is actually the reality, which is why I'm so passionate about what we're doing. So many people are going, oh my, I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know that was an option for me. And now I know it's an option. That's what I want to do. And how can I go about doing it? How can I learn more? How can I find somebody that does those things? Um, yeah, and, and to me, of all the negative things we can talk about and discuss, I think that that truly is a, a beautiful thing about the situation that we're in. Yeah, it's it's you know it, it's sticking it to the to the to the man, if you will. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. sure, oh, you think this that? Why don't you watch these three hundred mm-hmm. videos of dog owners weeping in tears because of the change? Yeah, I like that. It's kind of yeah, sticking it to. His- Maybe that's kind of the, the modern day, that yeah. kind of yeah skater culture that I grew up as as a teenager. Hell yeah. the, now Hell this yeah. is just the modern version of that of like, don't tell me what to do, don't yeah. tell me what I can say. Yeah, this I... is this is what I believe, and people are free to choose and learn and yeah, absolutely, man. And I think there's there's you know the whole what I've been seeing, which is really cool, is this reactive dog awareness culture happening. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. been seeing that a lot of um, a lot of like. Instagram peeps are like creating this reactive dog community. And what happens is, is they were told by so many people that it's impossible because of their training methods. And then they switch to maybe uh, a more balanced approach of uh, discouraging behaviors instead of encouraging Mm -hmm. and avoidance. Makes Mm -hmm. sense. Right. And now they're so passionate about this whole journey. Mm -hmm. That's like with me too. I started using e-collars because my dog and myself almost got ran over by a train. Mm-hmm. So, we, so we all, it's not my opinion. It's not my agenda. It's not my, it's mm-hmm. just, Hey man, I'm a dog owner first, mm-hmm. just like this reactive, the, the reactive dog kind of culture that's coming up, which is cool. Uh, I'm learning, like, I didn't say I want to go to school and okay, I'm choosing this road. I am. Mm-hmm. I've learned through experiences, man. My dog almost died. I almost mm-hmm. died. I'm using e-collars because it's the safest, yeah. most reliable, most humane thing you can do to have your dog be the happiest off-leash. And it's the only thing in the world that can hold your dog accountable, truly accountable off-leash. That's mm-hmm. it. It's the only thing in the world is using modern technology. I hear that all the time. It's like, oh, well, e-collars are lazy. I'm like, wait a minute. This is modern technology. Like, you and I, you're in yeah. freaking the UK. I'm in upstate New York, and we're talking right now because of... Modern technology. We're not pen exactly. pen-palling each mm-hmm. other. Yeah. So um, wh- one thing I was going to say, man, is is uh, just just understanding, you know, that I think people, you know, we get lost. And, and you and I are just, you know, we're on here. We're, we're chopping it up. We're, we're chatting about the things that are going on and the experiences we have. And I think you and I are on the same page of, hey, we don't know everything. We're not telling people what they have to do. We're giving people other options. We're giving people an alternative. We're helping people understand that there is some other option for, mm-hmm. for you and your dog. And, and we want people to hopefully find that. And we're going to constantly lo- learn and grow together. And we're going to live life and blaze a new trail in the dog world full of empathy. And we're going to ignore mm-hmm. the haters. And we're going to ignore the people that are out to just to try to be the bigger the bigger influence on social media and none of that matters to me. I mm-hmm. just want to help people and it's gotten to a point where I have a big distribution of helping people and I've reached my goals of of doing that mm-hmm. and I don't know man is there anything else you want to before we wrap it up as we're going on three and a half hours do you, is there anything else you want to <laughs> I think my phone's going to die I tried to put a charger on it but mm-hmm. it looks like we're going to have to mm-hmm. cut it cut it off here shortly mm-hmm. is there anything else you want to 
add to the mix of things that we've said uh, in the I don't think so, mate. No. I just, again, I couldn't agree more with you. It's that, I think, um, just to jump on what you just said then, the same, um, yeah, just kind of the same token of the... Mm-hmm. Touch on it a few times, but I certainly don't think that I'm the best. I think the one, I think uh, it's similar to what you just said about your, your history with e-collars and trains. It's the same situation for me. It, it came from a place of care. It came from a place of love and more a refusal to give up and accept that there isn't an answer or a solution. That mentality is what then made me go, there must be a way. Let me research more. And through that research, you then discover things like slip leads and then prong collars and remote collars. And you educate yourself on those things and you add it to your repertoire. And I'm still doing it to this day, every day. And the, obviously the kind of more dogs you work with and the more dogs I've worked with, the more I'm starting to hone in my kind of system that I find works, but still I'm getting dogs where I'm like, oh, okay, I thought that would work and it certainly didn't. But rather than, again, then die hard protecting my system, it's about, okay, cool, well, what can I add to my system that would allow that dog to succeed and that owner to get the dog that they want and they deserve? And I think that's a healthy productive mindset and I think it's a healthy productive mindset that I want to encourage other people um that follow us and are kind of trying to do what we do of it's not carbon copying us it's being open-minded experimental studying learning testing trialing and just constantly adding to that repertoire and the more people out there that are doing that from a place of love, kindness, and empathy and putting the dogs first, the more I feel that we're genuinely going to put a dent in the travesty that is dogs in shelters and the mm. amount of that are being euthanized. Um, and if, yeah, that's a place to leave it, that's kind of the message that I always want to end anything with is that leadership is love and that we lead our dogs because we love our dogs, whether that's in a, com- you're the owner or you're an aspiring professional, mm. lead your dogs because you love your dogs uh, and be open-minded into what that leadership looks like for you and for your dog. Yeah, I love it. I would agree on all accounts. And I would just mm. say for anybody out there that's a new dog trainer, old dog trainer, dog owner, um, just more importantly, what, what the dog industry needs is more empathy more love, more understanding, mm-hmm. less hate, less building down. And if, if I can influence anybody out there on any regard is just be kind. And yeah. if you have, if you don't agree with something or you have a problem with the way that somebody's doing it, be a, a you know, man up, if you will, or woman up, mm-hmm. be, be the bigger person, either mm-hmm. send them an email, send them a direct I say, ask the question. Yeah. I don't, don't, uh, why don't. do you do this? Like, educate me. It's yes. Learn. Be open-minded. Mm. That's what that's that's what the industry needs the most of. They don't need somebody shouting into a camera saying that this person sucks and this person's bad because I'm better and I've done it and I've done these things. That that nobody needs that. No culture needs that. You know, there, there's bloodsuckers that are out there trying to just, you know, do that. And it, and and I would just say for anybody listening, um, you know, if your team team uh whatever we are will i don't know um Mm -hmm. just just have empathy towards people that are hurting that are putting out hate videos and trying to tear other people down and Mm -hmm. are are spending six or seven hours out of their day commenting hate on other people because of Mm -hmm. how they feel 
and with the shit that they're mm-hmm. going through. And just remember that hurt people hurt people. And if you see somebody making a video that's deliberately trying to bring somebody down or trash them or talk about the things that they've successfully done, right? Again, it's people outside of John Mayer as he's selling out in an arena saying, mm-hmm. don't go to him, he sucks, right? You mm-hmm. get somebody like you or I who are out here developing an empire of education and creating a new wave of <clears throat> content creation in the dog world. You got to read between the lines and be careful who you follow. Be careful who you associate yourself with because those types of people, I mean, I've seen this in different accounts. Um, people have told me about these types of things is those types of people. You're going to find so much dirt and so much stuff about who they are as a person long-term. And you're going to realize mm-hmm. that you don't want to be associated. You don't want to, you, you got to, you know, we live in a world right now where influencers are what we consume all day what we consume in our ears with podcasting, what we consume when we're at night watching stuff. And, and I want to continue to encourage people in a positive message. And I want to be a good influence other than swearing. <laughs> I want to be a good influence um, to, to, to people. And I want to make people proud. And I know a lot of people are looking at me and they look up to me and I have sponsors that I you know have to account for. And I have an image and I have a responsibility of, of doing all of that. And I try and I work really hard to be transparent, to be humble, but also be a good leader and be a good, you know, there's so much involved. And I just, I just mm-hmm. would encourage people to also look for that. That's the, if anybody wants to ask me, you know, we talked about earlier about what success means to me. If you were to ask me how I got to be successful is just be a good person and work really mm-hmm. hard and don't be a dick and don't go out there because you are struggling with things emotionally or you are triggered or you are, you think somebody else is competition. So you have to you have to try to tear them down as they're already soaring way above you. That's my mm-hmm. last message. Cause this is a long, this is a three and a half hour podcast. I'm assuming we're going to get people at the end of this that are like really committed to trying to I was make about it. To say, shout out to anyone still yeah, listening. For <laughs> sure. Respect. Definitely. Uh, and of course, well, we'll do this again. Um, we always ch- chop it up. Um, we'll see you this fall and in, in the UK for sure. And I know we'll see you over in the States at some point. And, um, I'll, I'll, I'll link all of your socials in the description below. They can follow you. I appreciate that, bro. On YouTube and on Instagram. And again, guys, I'm just trying to be a good role model and good influence to help dog owners and be real and be transparent and show people the the pitfalls and the reality of like making mistakes and, you know, potentially getting bit. And it's not all rainbows and butterflies. And just understand, like, just just please be careful of who you who you tune into who you subscribe to who is your tribe leader who is that person and what type of person are they are they are they devoted from hate and uh negativity there's some there's some people out there that would be so surprised by some of the dms i have from some dog trainers that are in this industry because they put on this this facade of how how positive and how how you know empowering and how they want to just help and the messages that personal messages that I've gotten from some of these people are the nastiest shit you'll ever see mm-hmm. so be careful mm-hmm. on who you subscribe to and what type of uh, company you hang around because that's mm-hmm. that's my biggest thing is it's becoming very clicky it's becoming very political and be careful absolutely preach yeah man all right you guys um well pleasure man thank you so much for hopping on here hanging out with me if my phone wasn't gonna die uh, i'd have you on for longer so we'll do this again for sure in the future and have a good evening say hello to the the team and the and the fam and the wife and everybody Certainly for me will do. and uh we'll talk to you next time peace peace man wow what a podcast what a guy um really getting deep on some things and again being vulnerable and I think that there's that's what I like to do is I I don't want to put a facade out there that 
you know, I, everything, life is perfect and you know, it's not. And, and there's certain things that I've done. Like if I can tell people all the shit that I've gone through and how I've been able to optimize my life and help people and tell people thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people here on the podcast about how I've done it and they can help other people. I hope some of the stuff that we talked about does motivate you guys to, to do some of these things and it doesn't come, come across anything other than vulnerable and, and transparent because that's all that podcasts are. It's the real deal. Um, so anyway, hope you guys enjoyed it. If you, if you did again, screenshot this, share it, tag us. And, uh, of course, leave a review on the podcast platform that you're listening to this on Spotify or iTunes. I would appreciate it a lot. Thank you guys so much. No bad dog army strong. Keep moving, keep empowering. Like Will would say, leave with love. And, uh, thank you guys. We'll talk to you next time. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.